We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you chug that? We're about halfway there. We're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. And we are live. Welcome to the Saturday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. We're here on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We are streaming live on YouTube, if you are watching there, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. All of those interactions do help us and they help grow the channel. And make sure you jump in the chat. Ask us questions. We're going to be answering them during breaks. Uh, my name is Rob Doster. We are presented by our partners over at Pet Rivers. And tonight I am joined by my partner in crime on the DTF podcast, Clemson's own Terrence Oglesby. And we also have with a stadium outsider, Jeff Goodman. It was a loaded, loaded Saturday slate today. And we're going to have to break it all down for you. Uh, I'm going to tell you why Kentucky may be the best team in college basketball right now. Uh, we need to talk about Duke blowing out North Carolina and whether or not the Tar Heels are actually going to get in this year's NCAA tournament. And we're going to get to Illinois' win, Michigan State's loss, and everything else that happened in the Big Ten today. But first and foremost, we have to talk about Kansas. They blew out Baylor in Fog Allen Fieldhouse tonight. Jeff was the number one seed on the line tonight when Kansas, uh, when Kansas and Baylor played. I mean, it is only for the simple fact that I think whoever wins the Big 12 regular season title is going to get a number one seed. And, and Kansas certainly has uh, a major advantage right now. I mean, they're eight and one in the league. Baylor's got three losses. That was an absolute plaster uh, by the Jayhawks. And you kind of figured that would be the case. I mean, Baylor's still trying to figure this thing out and get healthy. Um, you know, they've been without key guys. Certainly tonight, again, without a, you know, a, a key player. Um, but I think the biggest key, honestly, was the job that, that Dewan Harris did on James Akinjo. That, to me, was the difference maker tonight. I, you could say whatever else. If you can stop James Akinjo, I think Baylor is a good team, not a great team. And, and they've done that. I mean, Akinjo has struggled since he came back from that injury for the most part. But what, you know, what, what Kansas was able to do, get out in transition, get easy buckets. Harris was good pushing the ball, but he did a great job in Akinja. Another thing, too, is Kansas kept him on one side of the floor. 
And where Baylor is really good is when they're attacking closeouts and that ball's changing sides of the floor so they can move the defense a little bit. Look, Akinjo, it just seems like there's a lot more dribbling this year, or it's at least since uh, Cryer has been out. And the ball is just not popping like it did earlier in this season. When they were down to battle for Atlantis, that ball was moving quickly. Kendall Brown was getting the ball and either driving or pitching it off. That ball's sticking a little bit. And that's credit to Kansas, too. But this has been a problem for Baylor over the past week or two to where it's that ball's not moving quite as much. Akinjo is they're running a lot of high ball screen sets for him. So it's a little bit different uh, than we've been accustomed to seeing Scott Drew's team play uh, over the past year or two years or so. So I, I think a lot of credit goes to Kansas uh, defensively, but the ball's not popping. And I think that's yeah. a huge issue. And I think a lot of it has to do with the guys that are banged up, right? You know, Adam Flagler is back, and he's not 100%. I don't think that James Kinjo, uh, James Akinjo is back to, to what he was when he was playing his best. Obviously, they didn't have LJ Cryer. Um, you don't have the spacing and you don't have the shooting that you did before, which makes mm-hmm. you easier to guard, which means when you're coming off of those screens, instead of being able to find someone to hit, hit him with a quick pass, you have to decide whether or not, okay, do I want to give it to Jeremy Sohan? on the perimeter here and, and, and see what he could do. So I think that is the biggest issue. But to me, the takeaway has been we were ready to write off Kansas after they got blown out at home by Kentucky. Like uh, we were questioning, uh, do they have a chance to win this league? You know, even though they were in the first place in the big 12, that's, I, I think I asked that question on this very show last Saturday and be, people could probably find that clip. But I, I think now their response going into Hilton Coliseum, Jeff and winning and, and blowing out Iowa state beating Baylor by 24, regardless of how healthy they are. This, this is a statement. I mean, I think Kansas figured it out. What, what Rob, am I doing doubt? What am I doing doubt Bill Self? All these teams have gone through their ebbs and flows this year. All mm-hmm. these teams, these 10, 12 teams that we're going to put in the equation right now to potentially win six straight. Baylor obviously got off to a great start, went 15 and 0 to start the year. They've been four and four since. Kentucky started slow, which surprised a lot of people, myself included. We'll get to the cats here in a little bit. But, you know, Kansas, you're right. You don't doubt Bill Self. Now, again, the biggest surprise in all this is they haven't had Remy Martin really effective at all this season. Didn't even play tonight. He's still dealing with the bone bruise in, in his knee. And they didn't miss him. And, and again, Remy Martin's kind of an all-or-nothing guy sometimes. So, I think it's been hard for Bill Self to figure out how to utilize Remy Martin and how to connect with him. And, you know, I was with Bobby Hurley last night. I had dinner with Bobby Hurley last night, and we were talking about Remy Martin. And, you know, some games Remy kind of can can just go off. And, and with Kansas, Bill Self doesn't need that. He doesn't need him to go off one night and, and not show the next. He needs consistency from Remy Martin, and he hasn't gotten it. The one point that was made to me early on in the season, I don't mean to cut you off to you. I'll let you go after this. Is that, um, is that Remy, instead of running offense, he's just, just in such a habit of passing the ball to, to the wing. And if nothing happens immediately, running back over there and going and getting it again, instead of like cutting through and moving to the other side of the floor, cutting through and clearing, whatever you're supposed to do in the set that Kansas calls, he's just, he's never done that before. His entire life has been get the ball, try to make something happen, give it up. If they don't make something happen, go back and get it and try to do it all over again. So I think that that adjustment has been difficult for him, which is why I think, you know, we're seeing Dewan Harris have some success, T.O. Like, one, he could really guard. Two, he has no problem just kind of being the guy that's like, all right, I'm going to give it here. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to give it here. Then I'm going to go over there. We're going to find a way to make it work. Oshai Baji's our best player. Let's see what happens. 
Well, that says a lot about what Bill Self likes. So would you rather have him being uh, B to B minus all the time? Or would you rather have an A Remy Martin and a D Remy Martin, just depending on the night? And when you have some of the best wings in the country, and Kansas has that with Christian Brown and, and Ochai Abaji, he has some of the best wings in the country. You need this steady guy at the point and somebody you know what you're going to get out of. So you can set those guys up to score, right? And on top of that, I guys, I – Every time I watch Jalen Wilson play, I just seem to like him more and more. I know he had his issues at the beginning of the season, but he had 15 to nine on seven to 10 shooting. He's efficient. It's just the five position and the one position seem to be the most important ones in college basketball, and that's where they struggle. So that's kind of where I worry a little bit. But their wing positions are awfully, awfully good. And their bigs were good tonight. They were solid yeah. between McCormick and, and Lightfoot tonight. Mm -hmm. I think they got like 17 and 10 or something like that. Like, that's fine. You can get that out of those two. You're, you're, you're golden if you're Bill Self. Yeah, but McCormick was one of six. So we're back to old McCormick. He rebounded, though. He at least yeah, rebounded. He, he, had, he did. He rebounded the ball. And if he can do that, and yeah, one of six is not what you're going to want from him. But you, I think you know, life you know what's wild about McCormick? We talk, we, we give Oscar Sheway all of the props in the world for, for his ability to get on the glass, right? David McCormick actually leads the, na uh, the nation right now in offensive rebounding percentage. He is, by definition, the best offensive rebounder in college basketball. So look, I'll, I'll give the kid credit. He's had a rough year. He's been dragged through the mud. People like me on the field of 68 after dark have come through and said that he's a bum. He can't do this. He can't do that. But the kid has not you never said he was a bum. Off. If you said he was a bum, I, I might I don't go think, I don't, kick I don't think I, I don't, I, I don't think hey, David McCork <laughs> might too. Be nice. Um, no, college here's, kid, Robert. But, no, here's, be nice. here's the, but here's, here's the thing. Like he's never stopped playing hard. Right, right. He's not. So don't call him a bum. Ex, he's don't not call executing. Him a bum. I was, I was, I was exaggerating. I never all called right, him a bum. All right, you're, all you're right. a bum. Stadium outsider. You Jeff can call Bum. me a bum. Absolutely. <laughs> you Listen, are a bum. You can you absolutely can't, you come call on me here dressed like a bum. Look, me and CO got our collars on. We're looking great. Where's our guy? I'm wearing in the chat my field of 68 T-shirt. What are you where's talking our, where's about? Our, where's my guy in the chat? Where's my guy in the YouTube chat to call you out? I think I blocked him from all the accounts. You got to unblock him in order to get him back in here. Oh, let's let's get this thing back on the rails, man. So, um. I, I do think that McCormick is a valuable piece that that at, at the very least is going to play his tail off every second that he's on the court. And maybe he's not Yudoka Azubuki, but we probably should not have expected him to be as good as Yudoka Azubuki was. Well, he doesn't have the size as Yudoka Azubuki. Like that's the big thing. You know, nobody that does. guy. That guy was huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was nothing he. There was nothing anybody could do better. when he got it in there. He I'm he sorry? just progressively got better. Where where as a freshman you couldn't throw him the ball, but he made strides. McCormick seems to have kind of stagnated. That's all. Mm -hmm. Plateaued a little bit yeah. after yeah. last year. And people started to realize if you do your early work against McCormick, there's not a whole lot there if he doesn't have the ability just to catch it and go up right away. If you make McCormick put it on the floor, you can work with it a little bit. Udoka Azubuki, you couldn't do anything. It didn't matter because he was so big. The body size of that man just canceled everything that you wanted to do defensively. Yeah, and, and the thing about Udoka is he also was the best defensive center in college basketball in here. That yeah. An elite rim protector, great playing drop coverage. And he also, if you got him the ball within six feet of the basket, like he was dunking it. His ability mm -hmm. to dunk everything was uh, was was insane. And um, I, I will always make this argument that that season, the, the season that got canceled, the entire narrative was there's no great teams in college basketball. I think that by the time we got to March, Kansas was a great team. They would have won the national title. Uh, that year. All right. I do want to ask you guys this sticking in the, uh, the big 12. 
Um, Texas Tech went on the road and, and knocked off West Virginia today. And that's not really anything all that impressive. West Virginia has now lost seven straight games. This is not uh, Deshaun Butler's uh, West Virginia Mountaineer squad. Uh, but Texas Tech is now sitting tied with Baylor uh, at seven and three in second place um, in the Big 12. They are number 11 on Kempom. They're way up there in the rankings on uh, on the net. They have won five of their last six and three in a row. Uh, T.O., does this team have a chance to uh, to win the Big 12 title? And can they win the Big 12 tournament? And where do you rank them in terms of, like, the best teams in this conference? I think they absolutely can. Because defensively, you know that travels. And it's going to be there every night. And not only does the defense travel, their entire fan base travels. And if they're as raucous <laughs> as they were at their home court, and I didn't get a chance to go with you down there, Jeff, but gosh, what an advantage that is. Uh, look, and it seems to be a different guy every night offensively. And that could be a good thing. could be a bad thing. Now, Terrence Shannon, whenever he gets back in the groove, he's going to be your go-to. But, like, this team, O'Banner, I love that kid. I thought he's efficient. He could shoot it. His game is a little – it looks a little funky. It looks a little bit like YMCA, where it's a little bit of a set shot and it kind of takes a second to get off. But, man, defensively, you're going to give yourself a chance every night. Mark Adams has got a nice combination of players, big, strong dudes. And whenever you have big, strong, physical dudes, I think that wins in tournament settings – because you got to let the games keep going. You can't call too many fouls. So you have to be big and strong to where not overwhelming people, but at least hold your own to where you can run your stuff. I think Texas Tech, maybe maybe not the regular season, because I think Kansas is going to have a stronghold on that, the way they're playing tonight. But I think it's possible whenever you get to the tournament that they could make a run and win the Big 12 tournament. It's their culture, guys. Their culture yeah. is so strong, and they have those holdovers. I mean, Shannon hasn't even played much. I mean, he hasn't. I, I couldn't believe Mark Adams put him in with like five minutes left in the game against Texas. You know, like I still need to talk to Mark Adams about why he did that. But ultimately, here's the deal. Kevin McCuller, to me, is the guy that makes that team go completely. He is just a winning player. He does everything you need him to do, whether it's handle the ball, whether it's make plays, passes, whatever, he, whatever you need him to do, he does. Marco Santos Silva, super tough, just brings that energy. And then you bring in all these, these transfers, and honestly, they weren't the highest touted guys, but Bryson Williams has been terrific. Adonis Arms has been great. As you mentioned, O'Banner, he got two great bounces on threes in that game, but ultimately he's been good enough and, and given them what they needed. It's just a group, and talking to Terrence Shannon, the one thing he said was like, we really don't care who scores 15 or 20 at the end of the day. We understand that, that winning, that's, that's the difference right there yeah, is they are, it's culture. They are all, it's culture. they're all bought in. Yes. And I, the, the thing, the thing that we expected when Chris Beard left Texas tech, right? What we expected was that culture to travel with him from Texas tech to Texas. And it has not, it stayed right there in Lubbock. And they have, I've, I've made this point a hundred times and T.O.'s heard me say this a hundred times, but it's the fact that you have this blue collar group of dudes that wants to go out there and play this kind of, let's just call it what it is. It's an ugly brand of basketball built on toughness and built on defense. And it works And that city has bought into it. And that community has bought into it and they back them and they show up. I mean, Jeff, you can speak to how rowdy that building was, right? I'm telling you, I, People think I'm crazy and Gottlieb went against it, but Gottlieb was sitting all the way up at the, the ceiling. Okay. So whatever Gottlieb said, don't even, don't even believe like I was down low. I was sitting two seats over from Ric Flair, by the way. So <laughs> me and Rick were hanging out a little bit. Uh, hey, give me a Ric Flair to yell. Woo. 
Hey, look, I met Ric Flair when I was in the G League, and they gave him a microphone before the game, and he starts talking about pheasant hunting in the warm-ups. <laughs> they get, he starts talking about pheasant hunting in Iowa during warm-ups. We're like, hey, man, somebody forgot to give uh, Rick his pills. <laughs> so, that atmosphere. Going on. I'm telling you, that atmosphere, Sorry. they didn't need Ric Flair. I mean, <laughs> that building, again, to have Chris Beard walk out there surrounded by five cops and, and the guy he hired, for his bodyguard of sorts, it was insane. And just the buildup, like you had dudes, former players shotgunning beers in front of thousands of students right before the game. You had food trucks lined up on the lawn right outside the arena. This shit doesn't happen anywhere else. Not Duke, not Kentucky, nowhere else do you see that. Now they're hungry fans. That's the difference from them and, and, and Kansas, I will say Kentucky. This. Part of it is because of that specific match when Chris Beard coming there. But if you look no, at what no, Texas no. Tech, it well, was no, there two on. years ago. Yeah, I went, well, I I was went there when they played is, Kentucky. Yeah, I know. What I was going to say is if you look at what they've done at home this season, they have not lost in that building this year with wins over Kansas. Uh, and no, they won at Baylor. So that one, so they haven't gotten there yet. But they've, they've, they've protected that home court. They don't lose there. And the best way to compete in a league like the Big 12 is to make your home court a fortress speaking of making home courts a fortress north carolina did not do that today i'm going to tell you when we come back uh coming up next i'm going to tell you why north carolina is probably not going to be a tournament team unless things change for them you're clear all right what do we got dagan jump right into it um do you guys think mark adams can win a championship at texas tech not just this year but Big 12 or a national championship? So it's championship. So let's say, we'll just say Big 12 championship for now. Yeah, yes. he, he, I think he can. I mean, again, it's culture. It depends on who they recruit out of the portal. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. You know, they got Jalen Tyson. He already transferred from Texas. He's in practice every day already. Um, yeah, I, I think momentum's everything. So why not? I don't, yeah, a national title is. is One minute. No. No. They've, they've, they've been to a final four. Um and they got there when they had three pros on the roster. So you need pros, I think. But yes, look, they can win. They can win the Big Twelve this year. It's not crazy to think that they can win the Big Twelve this year. They can give us another one. Do you think Florida makes the tournament? That one's from Jacob M. They needed it today. They got a win against Ole Miss, and it was needed. You, they can't slip up too much. They need to continue to win. They need to string some things together in order to get consideration because they're they're teetering. They're right there, but they're teetering. They got Castleman back though. That was huge. They mm-hmm. needed Castleman back. Yeah, Dagan, where are they right now? And, and so we have a field of 68, uh, fielding the 68, our bracket show, Mondays at 6 p.m. and Fridays at 6 p.m. And I believe Florida was one of the, the first four out, right? 15. Now you got me digging through my notes here. Hold on. I'm pretty sure that they were because they're not they're not Ten in our seconds. field right now. I'm looking at yeah, it right I now. I think so they're, they're right on field. the outside. Yes. In. Yep. Next yep. four out. Five. Yep. So they needed that win. Here we go. We are back. This is the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Dosser. I have Jeff Goodman and Terrence Oglesby with me. We are on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We are live on YouTube. We are live on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, please jump in that chat. Ask us some questions. We answer them uh, during our breaks. Um, all right, guys. We got to talk about Duke and Carolina. T.O., I'm going to you first on this one. Uh, I'm just going to let's go. Let's go big picture to kind of open up this conversation. Did this win 
It was 87 to 67. AJ Griffin had 27 points, played his best game of uh, his college career, which is probably going to be one season. Did this say more about Duke or did it say more about North Carolina? It said a lot about Duke because it, it, it doesn't really matter year to year what teams are good and what teams are bad. Both players seem to, or both teams seem to show up. Like that was the crazy thing about it. Spread was three and a half. I was like, if it was five or six, I'd lean towards maybe taking Carolina because these games always find ways to be competitive. But the problem this year is just Carolina just can't seem to put it all together. I never thought in October I'd be saying, thank God Carolina has Brady Manic. Like there's, they just, Duke's depth in the, in the front court, like Mark Williams shut down Armando Baycott like completely took him out of what he was trying to do, made him look small, made him look like a mid-major five man. And he's had a great, he's had some great games. He went for 20 and 20 three times this year. And he just couldn't find a way to be effective. Now him getting two fouls early hurt, but Duke is so talented. And the emergence of AJ Griffin even further is my stance that this Duke team can win a national championship. He is some kind of special collegiate player. Listen to me, it's a young Duke team that went to Chapel mm -hmm. Hill. So I think that that's was kind of my hesitation. Would the moment be too big for them and, and then play a close game? They're certainly more talented. We know that completely from, you know, every spot for the most part. Um, but I just didn't know. And, and, you know, I mean, you look at it and, you know, Kay's last game in Chapel Hill. So there's some pressure for those players, those young guys to have to perform. Well, they came right – I mean, it was 31 to 8 midway through the mm -hmm. first half. So, like, they didn't waste any time putting their foot in the pedal and saying, like, we are going to beat the living crap out of you today. And they let him back in a little bit at the end of the first half. But then A.J. Griffin got going, and I think he scored 10 straight to open the second half, and this game was over. And they absolutely obliterated their biggest rival – and I'm sure they're celebrating right now uh, on campus or uh, maybe in Franklin Street. Maybe they went over to Franklin Street and started celebrating uh, in, in Carolina territory. Hey, how yeah. about Trevor Keels coming off the bench? Yeah. Like it, it works. You look at, yeah, Jeremy Roach. He's kind of a get in guy that he comes in, brings spurts off the bench. I like so that. Really, they're talented, yeah. man. They're talented. I got to ask you guys this because I don't know, but Caleb Love, it just seems like an arranged marriage that just hasn't worked. He doesn't seem happy at all. I'm curious your thoughts on that, because as I'm watching, I've watched a lot of Carolina this year. It just seems like Hubert's say, hey, man, I'm going to give you every opportunity in the world. I just he just doesn't seem happier. Doesn't really seem like he wants well, to he be just, there all the time. He just has that face like the he just never changes emotion. Right. Right. Um, it's the same thing as like Colin Gillespie. He just never changes emotion. And sometimes it's a good thing for a point guard. Right. You don't want a guy getting too high or too low. You, you don't want. Kirk Kreese out there necessarily, right? Kirk Kreese is great in moments. Sometimes I want Kirk Kreese too... out there. I, do. I want I want Kirk Kreese if like you just kind of if, if you him... hang around, by the way, till the end of the show, you will get uh my Kirk Kreese story oh, and you do not want to miss it. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Um you don't, but trust me, you don't. But the, the like the thing about Caleb Love, the biggest thing I think is there's a lot of guys that care about uh they care about the name on the back of the jersey over the name on the front of the Jersey first and foremost, when it comes to North Carolina. Um, That's why I think that me. there's, I think there's a lot of guys there that don't really want to play defense. Um, and I, it, like, it doesn't help that they don't have Dawson Garcia and that current Williams. But really they weren't good with Dawson Garcia. Like I'm no, tired know, of that. It no, it doesn't. Tired it doesn't of that crap. Help. They weren't any good with but them. The big, yeah. But the biggest, the biggest issue, they have guys that, that seem to be more worried about points than they are about wins. And they have guys that don't want to defend. 
And that's a bad combination of things. When you're going up against a team like Duke, who, let's call it what it is, they are the most talented team in college basketball. A.J. Griffin is playing at his best right now. They have two top five picks. They're bringing a guy that's going to end up being an NBA player off the bench. How many? Do you teams- think A.J. Griffin's going top five? I think he could. If you're taking if him you're over Jaden Ivey, if you're going to give me a six foot six wing with a seven foot wingspan that has his ability on the defensive end of the floor that shoots it the way that he's been shooting it recently, I don't right. think that it's crazy to think that he could end up going to the top five. Like that's what teams want. Yeah. Teams want no, 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 no. switchable Listen, defenders that can make threes. I, I think you're probably right. He goes somewhere in the top ten. I'm not sure he cracks the top five, but maybe yeah, you're, you're right. Top ten is probably a potential top five pick. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, the the, the bottom line with Carolina, I, I still think the biggest question with Carolina, Rob, is are they a tournament team? They're 0-7 in quad one games. They've won every game. They've won every game at the Smith Center before today. So they were 12-0, and I think, at the, at the Smith Center before today. Mm-hmm. Now they, they, they lose this one, and they've just lost so many and been absolutely blasted. You know, Kentucky by 29, Miami, who is a fringe tournament team by 28, Wake's a fringe tournament team by 22. You know, then Duke today, Tennessee, we were there for. It wasn't even as close as as a 17-point margin. You know, Notre Dame they lose to. I I just – I feel like they're going to get in as a first-four team because of their name, ultimately. I do. I think they're going to get in because of their name. Right now, that's the only reason that they would get into the NCAA tournament because they don't have a win over a team that is anywhere near NCAA tournament worthy. Like, that's that's the biggest issue that they have right now. And, and you know what the, the other problem is? They, they're not going to get that many more chances. Like, this, to me, this was yeah. the game that they kind of had to win. Because um, if you look at it right now, I got it up in front of me. At Clemson, Clemson right now is 70th in the net. Like, that could end up being a quad one win, but who really cares? It's not moving the needle. At Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is 13 and 10. That is the second best opponent left on their resume. That would be a quad one win if they can get it. And then at Duke in the last game of the regular season. And it, they're not it, winning that one. It legitimately might come down to whether or not they can beat Duke in the final game of the regular season Good luck. to get into the tournament. Hey, Rob, you know what else that game about is? It. You know what else that game is? What? That would be Kay's last game at Cameron. Last game so at you, Cam- yeah. you can forget about that for, for Carolina winning that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's going to be very close. And, and, and here's the thing right now, when I mentioned the field fielding the 68 earlier, uh, North Carolina um, was, I believe uh, one of the last four teams that we had in Wake Forest is an 11 seed. Miami is a nine seed in our bracket. Uh, Notre Dame is one of the first four out. Like there's Miami was the most comfortable team uh, in the tournament when, when we did that on Friday night and yeah. they got waxed by a Virginia team that is not really in the NCAA tournament picture right now. I, I mean, look, T.O., what's going on with your conference? What are we doing? It's, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. And the non-conference didn't help things, and they're just cannibalizing each other. So, like, anytime – and it's turned into bad losses. So, if Miami goes and loses to somebody uh, towards the bottom of the conference, it just kills you. And that's where it's at right now. And there's not as many chances to get these quad one wins – these quote unquote mm-hmm. quad one wins. I'm not really sure what quad one quad. I don't know all the math with all this stuff. Gotta, all I know teach. is it's not good. Yeah. It's not good. I need to figure this stuff out, but there's just not as many chances to get good wins. And you have pretty much have to beat Duke. <laughs> like that's what it or comes Or beat down everybody to. else. Exactly right. You, 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 you can lose to Duke that last game of the year. You probably got to 
I don't want to say run the table. You don't need to run the table, guys. You just need to win. You know, you got to get in the mix where you're going to be the I, I second. Think you might. I think you no, might. You right don't. now, no, you they, don't. Other they do not lose. Here, so here's the thing, Jeff. Here's the thing. Okay. If they beat everybody else and yeah, they don't beat yeah. Duke, yeah. They, they will have two quad one wins, assuming that Clemson is able to stay in the top 75 yeah. of the net, which is not, not a guarantee. They lost they might only have, today. Yeah, they might only have one quad one win, and that is a Virginia Tech team that is 13 and 10 overall, and I believe, what, three and seven in the ACC? That would be their marquee win if they cannot beat Duke in camera. Now, look, you're still going to have a chance in the ACC tournament, but if you're telling me that you get to Selection Sunday and North Carolina is like 40th in the net, somewhere around there, they're going to have a, uh, it would end up being a 20, about a 25 and eight record, 24 and eight record. Um, and they will be 0 and eight against quad one opponents, maybe one and eight against quad one opponents. That's good. That, that's not a great resume. Of and course right. it's the, not. The fact There's going to be North a lot Carolina, of other teams with shitty resumes on the bubble is all I'm saying. That's, that, that's the thing you got to look at. And, like and here's USC, here's, Rob, USC right now is ranked. They're ranked. They I have care yet about, to. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about the AP poll. The AP poll matters to me about as okay. much as USC on a Zoom call matters to TO. USC is a seven <laughs> seed before tonight. Okay. Most people have them as a seven seed. They have yet to beat an NCAA tournament team. All I'm saying is you're putting more stock than you should. If they win enough games and they finish second or third in the ACC, Carolina is going to be in the NCAA tournament. They are. We'll see. I'll, I'll just I'll just put it like this. Um, and, and I made this point to you guys before we started the show. Uh, the Pac-12 right now has fewer good wins available than the Mountain West. The ACC has fewer good wins available than sure. the WCC does, which is crazy to think about. San Francisco went on the road to beat BYU on, what was it, Thursday night, and they beat it by 20. And, like, BYU, BYU stinks. They're getting run off of their own floor right now by Gonzaga. They're down by 30 midway through the yeah. second half. But that win, winning at BYU, is a better win than anything else that North Carolina has left on their resume right now, which is wild to think about. And you're yeah. right. If, if North Carolina stacks up 23 wins and finishes second or third in the ACC, they're getting they're in the tournament. They're, they're, in. they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're going to get in the tournament. Exactly. But the, I, the point that I'm trying to make is that they are much closer to not being in the tournament than I think people realize for a 16 and sure. 7. North Carolina. Yeah, because if they, frankly, if, one bad loss, one bad loss away, you so you put a couple bad losses on that resume. But Notre Dame and Wake are going to have bad losses. Is all I'm saying. So uh, as long as they, they put a second, but Notre Dame beat Kentucky, right? I mean, Notre yeah, Dame Notre has Dame, some quality Notre Dame wins beat in Kentucky. There. Notre Dame yep. has Notre Dame has a good win, uh, yep. but it, it's it's not. Here's the thing I worry about. Miami with won at Duke. Like that's the thing about those two teams. They they have those marquee wins. Carolina does not have that. Well, here's my here's my worry with Carolina. Anytime they play anybody that punches them in the mouth, like they back down immediately, and it's not it's not even like I call I make this uh, comparison. Have you guys seen a Christmas story? Have you seen a Christmas story where the little kid is trying to get a Red Ryder BB gun? That kid Scott Farkas that pops out behind the building, and he comes out there and he picks on all the kids that don't fight back. And the second he gets punched in the mouth, you don't see him for the rest of the movie. That's Carolina. Carolina is the Scott Farkas of this of, of college basketball right now. They just don't hit back, which is crazy. They're hey, soft. Be- before we jump off this game, can I, can I make one point about Duke? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. That, that is remarkable. You, you do realize uh, Duke now is in the driver's seat to win the ACC regular season title. The last time 
The last time Mike Krzyzewski and the Blue Devils won a regular season title in the Atlantic Coast Conference, Terrence, was 2010. That's not far off from when you played, right? That's the year after I left. I think they won it. That was with Shire. I think Shire was on that yeah. team, correct? Do you know what, else, Shire, happened? Do you know what else happened that season? And what else happened that season? The whole thing. Here's, here's another, here's another uh, kind of freaky coincidence for you. When Duke won the national title in 2015, you know what happened to them in the middle of January? They lost at home to Miami. I'm just saying. I'm the, the, star, the stars are aligning. What are those Bet Rivers odds? What are those Bet Rivers odds? It's actually um, eight, uh, eight and a half to one for Duke right now. They are the second favorite, according to, uh, to Bet Rivers. Um, right now, Gonzaga is 6.5 to one. They are the favorite to win the title. Uh, we talked about, we talked a little bit about that on Monday on the DTF podcast, go subscribe to that, but listen, uh, we got to take a quick break here coming up next. I'm going to tell you why I think that Kentucky is playing, maybe playing the best basketball, maybe the best team in college basketball right now at this very moment. You're clear. Sorry guys. I don't know what happened. It just, my whole zoom just shut off. Got back on as quick as possible. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm just glad the people on YouTube now can kind of see what we're dealing with here, right? Yeah, real, real high maintenance, let's, let's real high questions. maintenance guy over here. Yeah, real high maintenance. A couple quick questions, questions Dagan. What, what do you got? got? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, how many years does Hubert get at North Carolina? If it goes like this, two. Is that a hot take? Boy, he's still their own. It's going to be hard to fire the guy that Roy Williams handpicked. I don't care, Bubba Cunningham. The only thing is, he's an AD that didn't come from the Carolina family, so maybe he makes that move. But you better have the support of all those former players because otherwise you don't want to piss off the Carolina family. So I say two, maybe three. My guess would be three. If they miss two, if they miss two NCAA tournaments, back-to-back NCAA tournaments, is does he get that third year? There's no that's way. Tough. There's that's, no way. That's tough. That's tough. I don't know if he misses two, though. I, I think he's going to get in this year or next year. Again, I've always said this, like, Talia can recruit to Carolina. Like, mm-hmm. will she recruit the right guys? I don't know, but they got enough talent. Thirty Talent-wise, they got enough talent to be a Sweet 16 team this year. They should be, in fact, yep. talent-wise. Yep, and I think that he'll there'll be some roster turnover, so I'll be interested to see what uh, what next year's team is going to look like. Dagan, real quick, we got one more. 15. Yes. Uh, can Kentucky make it to the Final we Four? Lose Dagan? 10 seconds. Sorry, can Dagan. Kentucky make it to the Final Four, yes or no? Yes. They can win the national title. Five. Come on. By the way, UCLA down to Arizona State. And we are back. It is the field of 68 after dark. That voice that you just heard was Jeff Goodman not paying attention to our producer, letting us in on the breaks. Uh, we are on Sirius XM, Channel 84, the ESPN News Station. We are streaming on YouTube. Make sure you hit that like button, you hit that subscribe button, and you jump in the chat and come join us. All right, guys. I teased it. We got to talk about Kentucky, Goodman. They, uh, they don't have the greatest wins. If you look at their resume right now, they don't have the greatest wins in the world. But they went into Fog Allen Fieldhouse and beat a team that beat Baylor by 24 points today. They beat them by 18 last weekend. They went into, I don't even know what the name of Alabama's arena is, Tuscaloosa, let's just say. And uh, they blew out Alabama on the road, held Alabama to three for 30 shooting uh, from the three-point line. And... If they're healthy, I think you can make a decent argument that they would have wins at LSU and potentially at Auburn right now if Ty Ty Washington had not uh, had to leave both of those games. So I ask you this. 
in terms of the hottest teams in college basketball today, put everybody in one court. They're playing on a neutral court. Where does Kentucky rank in terms of the, the best teams right now? I'll say this. If you're telling me right now, I got to put all the money I have on uh, one or two teams. If two teams, I'm going Gonzaga and Kentucky. Those are the two teams. And I've said it. What Kentucky has, the separator is, is two point guards. They've got Ty Ty and Severe. They've got a, a lottery pick in Ty Ty. Obviously, they've got a national player of the year candidate, maybe the front runner now in Oscar. I mean, he's right there. Again, we've talked about this. It's kind of to your liking who you want to pick as the national player of the year right now. Uh, but Oscar's been absolutely terrific because he gets every damn rebound there is. Uh, and they've got wings who can make shots, right? I mean, Kellen Grady, obviously a shot maker. The crazy part is, you know, they're doing it without C.J. Frederick, who was thought to be an elite-level shooter. He is an elite-level shooter. He's out the year. What I love is Cal played Damian Collins tonight, yes. finally. Mm -hmm. I saw him in the preseason, and I was like, all right, this kid's not ready to play major minutes, but he's long, he's athletic, and he's like the, the sweetest kid in the world. So I think Cal was probably worried about that a little bit, about his confidence, throwing him out there and, and, and having him get punked. But I think he's he's kind of done it the right way with this kid, where now he's got a little bit of confidence. He should have a ton after tonight. I think he went for, uh, what did he go, for 10 and 6 tonight? Mm -hmm. And I think he had 10 points tonight, and I think he had 14 points since December 12th before tonight. Yeah, in the last eight games, he played a total of 12 minutes, had a DMP coach's decision yeah. in four of those games, and scored two points and three rebounds. T.O., I know you love this kid. Uh, his body's not quite ready to play major minutes. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And he's he's thin as a rail, but gosh, he gets off the floor. And he's so ranging. He's got good skill. He's going to be able to do some things out on the perimeter for him. And there was a couple of possessions when Sheboy was on the bench. Collins and Brooks were out there together. They go up for some rebounds. The guys, they're way up there. I mean, their ability to space the floor vertically, meaning catch lobs, do all those things. Like, Collins changed the game a little bit because Ty Ty was getting in there. He was throwing them way high and he still had the opportunity to finish them. That kid's got a lot of talent. I think I agree with you wholeheartedly when it comes to, Hey, Cal Parr needed to wait a little bit yeah. to put in, to insert him into the lineup. And the fact that he's starting to play uh, this well and with confidence, I think is huge. Uh, Kentucky's good, but we gotta, we gotta remember Auburn beat him two weeks ago. And I understand Ty Ty was, was no, but they right. They beat him. They beat him without Ty Ty for 30 minutes and without Wheeler for the four most important minutes in that game. They were playing with Davion Mintz as their point guard for the four minutes in which Auburn went from basically a tie game to up 10. Yep. I'm still not off the Auburn train though. I get that. I, I, I understand all that. I like Auburn. I think even though you go to Georgia and you struggle, yeah. Auburn is now learning that what it's like to be the team that teams schedule, like teams circle on their schedule. Like they're like ready to play Auburn now. Right. Like they're, they're, they're on Kentucky's level as far as like how, what fans look forward to sure. when you're going into a road environment, they're, they're still learning that. The thing that impressed me today was they didn't have everything going. They didn't get the ball to their number one pick and they found ways to win ugly. You're going to have to, Yo, win it was Georgia. It was it Georgia. Was they Georgia. stink. Yeah, they do stink. But at the same time, they'll have a once-in-a-year show-up. Like, yeah. these bad teams have once-in-a-year show-ups. You're not going to have everything clicking. And they still find ways to win. They were, Bruce went after our man Patrick Patrick today on the SEC Network. I don't know if you guys saw that. 
but he thought that Georgia deserved to win. You have to I heard him. He's like, Auburn to deserved to win. I heard yeah. him. That was good. Went at him. But that was good. That was good by Patrick. But, like, you still have to find ways to, to win ugly. And yeah. Auburn showed today that they could win ugly. I'm still on the Auburn train. I'm not denying Kentucky's talent, but Auburn still has high-level talent. They still play so hard. Yeah, I, I think that um, – I think that both of these teams are, are good enough to win a national title. And the, the thing about it is that there's probably 10 or 11 teams. You kind of alluded to this earlier, Jeff, with the, in the Kansas conversation. There's probably 10 or 11 teams that are in this conversation, in this level, in this tier when it comes to who the best teams are, including Gonzaga, who right now is up by 40 at BYU. I mean, they're, they are just rolling through everybody. In the, they normally beat everybody in that league, but they're beating everybody in that league at a level that we haven't really seen before. And I do think that they're so last year. Yeah. And last year they, they made it to the national title game undefeated right. and ran into an absolute yeah. buzz. There's no Baylor. Baylor. There's, yeah, there's no, no Baylor, Baylor this year. year. So That's right. um, the, the, the thing I, I just, I think that this year's NCAA tournament is going to be unbelievable because once you get to the sweet 16, anybody can be anybody like those, the, the number four seeds in every single region are going to be able to hang with and beat the number one seeds yeah. in every single region. Like no one's talking about Illinois right now. They, they've been unbelievable. I, I do. I didn't want to make one point. Um, and, and to you, I'm curious uh, your thoughts on this. If you go back and look at the last 12 national champions since that 2010 team with Duke, the only one that did not have a starting backcourt that was basically two point guards was uh, Kentucky, the year that they had Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and they started Marcus T at the at the one. Um, what what is the value of having like a two headed monster? running the show for you? What is the value of having two guys that can kind of initiate offense? What is the value of being able to have two different players that can run, run different things for you? Well, in college, you usually have one defensive specialist and you throw him on the best ball handler sometimes, and then you can just hand it to the other guy and still not skip a beat. I think that's significant. And then most of the time when you have two playmakers, you have two guys that can get into the paint at will. Kentucky has that. I, I like the way this team's built. I think Severe Wheeler's figured it out, how to play without shooting the ball that much from the perimeter. He's still getting wherever he wants to. And when guys are going under screens, he's just keeping on, he's swerving around, just letting them continue to do that. And he's still finding passing lanes for his guys. And Ty Ty Washington, I read an article. He just does all the, he, I, I can't remember who wrote it, but it, it emphasized like him doing all the right things. Like it's not spectacular. A lot of the stuff he does isn't necessarily the most sexy thing on the planet, but he just does all the right things. He's Mr. Steady as a freshman. It's really impressive. Bunch, That's the and thing. you got your lightning rod. Yeah, his poise. Yeah, his poise is tremendous, and he doesn't try to do too. Jabari is the same way. Obviously, they're different level talents, but I, I love Jabari for that too. And we'll probably talk about here him at some point here. It's, you know, he only had seven points. You want more out of him, but in a way, you love the fact that these guys are unselfish, and they're all about team and winning first. Yeah, so I was. That's a perfect segue because I did want to bring this up. My my one concern with Auburn is that uh, basically what happened tonight, right? Wendell Green and Katie Johnson, love those dudes. Love the way they play. They can be a little bit, a little bit, a little bit hoggish. A lot. I don't want to, I don't want to say selfish, but they can, they can be a little bit too shoot first for a team that one has the best uh, lob target vertical space through however you want to phrase in the country in, in Walker Kessler. And two might have the best isolation score in all the college basketball. We should not be in a situation where Jabari Smith 
has seven shots when Wendell Green and Katie Johnson combined to shoot 39 shots. 39. Jabari got to the line one time, shot two free throws. Wendell Green and Katie Johnson shot 12 free throws. They shot 16 threes. They were four for 16 from three. That just, to me, that is the biggest concern is that we may be in a situation in March where you come down to a close game and Jeff, you can't get the ball to your best player. I know, I know Wendell Green made that big shot tonight, but ultimately he has come down to earth, guys. He has come down to mm-hmm. earth over the last seven or eight games and is not shooting efficiently uh, and is not scoring it efficiently. Now, again, that's that's my biggest concern with this Auburn team is, you know, if, if your point guard goes two for 14 in a game, and again, Jabari's not getting 15 shots, which he should be getting. Every game, yep. Every game, every game. That's your job. And and again, he was the only point guard out there. Zepp Jasper didn't play today. So this was Wendell Green running the team today. And to me, it's on him as much as anybody. You could put it on Bruce Pearl and the coaching staff, but when you're the point guard, you get Jabari Smith the goddamn ball. Yeah, You can't get tunnel vision. Like, you can't get tunnel vision when you get pressured. And that's what happened today. And Bruce didn't have a choice but to leave him out there with Zepp not playing. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a concern, but I will say this Jabari did start one for six and he did look a little bit tentative. And and I do think that there is something to say for uh, whether or not um, that is something that we should keep an eye out for in terms of his, his draft status, what it could end up being at the next level, but uh, that's probably a different conversation to have. All right. So right now Auburn is 11 to one to win the national title at bet rivers and Kentucky is 14 to one to win the national title at bet rivers. I still think that Kentucky is probably the best value that you can get when it comes to who can, can win the national title. Is that crazy to say? No, not at all. Not at all. I, I love that. In fact, because again, what'd you say? Gonzaga is six and a half to one. Yep. Six and a half to one. Yeah. Duke I, is, I love Duke Kentucky is right now. I mean, again, in, in seeing Damian Collins out there today makes me feel that much better because to me, my biggest concern was you were going to have Oscar get in foul trouble one game and then they're done. They got nobody behind them. Keon Brooks has played so much better over the last three games. And now you've got Damian Collins that's feeling per- all you need are eight to 10 minutes and you got to pick your spots. Damian Collins tonight against that Alabama team was the ideal situation to put him in because he's going to be up and down mm-hmm. and they're long and they're athletic. They're not big, physical, bulky dudes. So he matched up perfectly in that game. Yep, he did. All right, listen, we got to get to a quick break here, but coming up next, I'm going to tell you why Illinois has a chance to make a deep run in March, and it's not because Andre Curbelo is coming back from an injury. Clear. All right, Dagan, hit us with some questions. By the way, I hope you guys have eyes on ESPN2 for this, uh, for this UCLA-Arizona State game. I'm watching it. Like I told you, I had a long conversation. Yeah. I, I had uh, I had a shrimp bowl with Bobby Hurley last night before I got on my uh, my red eye. So I haven't slept since I saw Bobby Hurley, really. <laughs> Neither has he. I'm sure he has not, <laughs> thinking about this UCLA game. Yep. All right, Dagan, hit us with some questions. Does Tuesday night in West Lafayette determine the Big Ten? Is that what, – what is – I don't even know what Tuesday Illinois, night is. Illinois-Purdue. Illinois-Purdue. Probably. I don't Purdue know. Purdue needs to win it. They got to yeah, win know. it. You got to hold court at, at home. If you don't, then yeah, Purdue, you could probably 
take out of the equation for a Big Ten title. Yeah, so, especially because yes. Michigan State lost today. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Wisconsin is – at some point, Wisconsin is going to yeah. end up losing something here. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it does. I, I don't think it means Purdue will win, but it probably if they – if Purdue loses, then I think that Illinois becomes the overwhelming favorite to win uh, to win the Big Ten. All right. Got something else, Dagan? Yes. Newcomer coach of the year. Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. No, Chaka Smart. No question. No Chaka question. Smart's up there, but I think it's Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Chaka, uh, Chaka might not even be the best coach in the Big East. Like, honestly, like he might what not win Big here? East coach of the year. It's probably That's probably Ed Cooley. Ten seconds. They've both been terrific, though. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like I'm anti either of them. Here we go. We're back. It is the field of 68 after dark. We are live right now on Sirius XM channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. My name is Rob Dosser. I have stadium outsider Jeff Goodman and Clemson's own Terrence Oglesby here with me. We're live on YouTube. Make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button and jump in the chat. Ask us questions as soon as we are done on Sirius at 10 uh, at 11 58 and 20 seconds Eastern time. We're going to be doing the field of 68 after dark afters. We're going to be answering your questions from the chat. So make sure to jump in, uh, hit us up there. All right. I want to talk about Illinois because they went into Indiana today and they beat the Hoosiers in assembly hall in a place where Indiana had one loss on the season coming into today. Uh, they ran them off the floor in the second half. Trent Frazier was awesome. Alfonso Plumber was making everything and Kofi didn't even play that well for him. So T.O., uh, I'm going to put it to you. How good is this Illinois team? What is their ceiling and where do you see them going from? I mean, their final four good. It's just a matter of if Kofi's going to get the right matchups. I mean, you saw what happened last year against Loyola Chicago. That's the reason I said I think Michigan State can make a run if we're looking at a team from the Big Ten because I think Bingham Jr. can get out and guard some of those guys. I think matchups are going to be huge this year in the NCAA tournament because there's so many good teams. Matchups are really going to matter. All right, so, uh, so walk us through what a bad matchup for Illinois would be in your mind. Well, I mean, look at look at what Cameron Crutwig did to him. A skilled guy who can step out a little bit, who's going to force him to come out on the perimeter, who can also guard him a little bit. Now, I'm not – don't ask me who that man's going to be. But, I mean, it's possible that <laughs> guys that can pull him out, then you take away what he's best at, right? Uh but this Illinois team can shoot the ball so well. I think that goes without saying. I mean, uh, Plumbers come along, didn't have a great game today, but uh, he's provided a spark of offense big time. And Trent Frazier's been Mr. Reliable. I love the way he's been playing. Now, Curbelo, lightning rod. Still needs to come off the bench. I've said it since the beginning of the year. I think he's more J.J. Barea than Jason Kidd. He's somebody that can give you some energy off the bench. So I worry about him playing elongated minutes. But Trent Frazier's been so stable, you don't necessarily need him to. I love the way this Illinois team's playing right now. It, and Tuesday is going to matter a lot. I know you're probably going to end up saying the same thing that I'm about to say, Jeff. But I think that Illinois is better without Trent Fra uh, without Andre Corbello on the floor. I think I said this back in like November uh, when, when he was first sitting out and Trent Frazier was really getting going. That it just it gets you more shooters. It gets you somebody that's a little bit tougher. You're not going to have a defensive liability or a shooting liability, and you still are able to get. Demonte Williams and Jacob Granderson on the floor with Trent and Alfonso Plummer around Kofi. I, I think they're better without, uh, without Corbello. You know why? Cause, cause Trent is just solid. He makes good, solid decisions. It's not dribble, dribble, dribble. Other guys either standing around watching him dribble, you know, into the paint, knowing he's not going to be able to finish around the basket either. So then he kind of dribbles, all the way from one side to the other side of the court, guys almost don't know what to do 
when when he's doing that, it's like watching like pick up basketball or at the park or something. They don't know he's freelancing so much. Frazier, it's it's clear what he wants to do, right? He 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 goes over to the left side and and he feeds Kofi the ball where he needs it deep in the paint and he could score. He uses angles. And again, going back to what you said, Tio, if you look through some of the teams, Kofi's not going to get a matchup like yeah, Oscar. That's true. You know, Drew Timmy, Baylor's bigs, Kansas's big, Purdue's bigs. Like there aren't that many dudes that can that that, that can really expose him like Cameron Crutwig could. Yeah, but that, but Cameron Crutwig didn't play at any of these Power Five schools or Power mm-hmm. Six schools. Excuse me. Right. Power so you're six. saying like first, yeah. you're saying first and second round. Well, what I will yeah. say is yeah. this: I yeah. do think that Kofi's gotten better playing drop. Yes. I, I yes. think that he's gotten better at that end. And also, like the one guy, the the team that probably could expose it is Gonzaga. But like, you know what's going to happen if Chet Holmgren tries to guard Kofi Coburn? You'd have to put Timmy on him. You'd have. To. I don't. I don't even think Timmy would be able to deal with him. Man. Like Tim, Timmy is a a huge human being, and he would be giving up like sixty pounds. To I know. Kobe I know. He's such a monster. Um, can I make I, a I'll point? Just, can I'll, I make I'll, a point about Corbello real quick? Like, yeah. if you look at if you look at some of the games, like today, Auburn at Georgia, where things just aren't going right, and guys aren't making shots, and you're having a hard time moving the basketball. That's where he provides value, not for forty minutes. But as a spurt of somebody who can create something quick, so great off he's the bench. great and great off the bench. That's yes. why that's why I keep making this mm-hmm. Berea comparison. Like you can't have him out there 40, 40 minutes, forty eight minutes in the NBA or whatever. But like but Bar- when things Berea are stacked, so you know what tough. it's like. You know what yeah. it's like, guys. It's the it's the same thing that we were kind of talking about with um, Jeremy Roach versus Trevor Keels. Where that's right. You want to be able to have. It's like it's a change of pace guy coming off the bench. You know when I, I've made the comparison before to. Uh, to running backs like your first and second down back is the guy that's going to get you three four five yards when you put the ball in his put the ball in his belly he's going to get you three four five yards you're going to get something positive out of it but you want that third down back the guy that if you get him in space can go make a play because it's a little bit more of a roll of the dice it's a little bit more risky and i think that that's what Corbello needs to be um Mm -hmm. it's got to be trent frazier because he could shoot it and he could defend and you need those two things when you're dealing with and he can pass it he can run Mm -hmm. the team all right, I want to talk a little bit about Illinois against Purdue because uh, Purdue today, um, I thought, played one of their best all-around games. You know, Trevion Williams had it going. Zach Eady had it going. Jaden Ivey was absolutely electric when he was getting downhill. They were hitting threes. I think we really saw kind of uh, Purdue come together. And granted, this is a really good matchup for him, T.O., but where where do you I, – I do feel like Purdue is a little bit of a uh, a team that, that that you can be hot or cold on at this point, because I don't know if I trust their, their backcourt. I don't know if I trust them defensively, but when they get going, man, they just, they are so much fun to watch. They are so dangerous. They're still the number one offense in the country, according to Kim Palm, and they've mm-hmm. won five in a row. I mean, they just have so many weapons I mean, people that are hotter, hotter, cold on them are people that are worried about their defense. Mm-hmm. And it's plausible because they can be slow footed. And, and, you know, there's only one Jaden Ivy out there. Now I will say that's the big difference between this Purdue team and last year's Iowa team, who was fantastic on offense and then on defense, it was like, eh. Purdue has high-level athletes to where I, did, I, I didn't think that Iowa had that last year. I think that's the big difference there. But Ivy off the ball. I can't, I, can't hear, I can't sit here and let you slander Luca Garza's name like that. No, but he's not a good athlete. I mean, he's lost he, a ton he of weight in the NBA. Level. He was he's an elite a good athlete. athlete. He was an elite athlete. 
looked like an elite beer my, drinker. He wasn't elite. My big thing, <laughs> listen, my big thing, guys, if you watch Ivy, like he's so good on the ball, but then off the ball, if you watch him even today, there was a possession late where he was just standing there. Like he had no idea. And, yeah. and he he should be really good defensively. Like that that to me could take them to a level where at least you feel better about them defensively. You know, again, you've got Edie. He doesn't move well. Trevion does the best he can on the perimeter, but he's limited. I, I think I don't Trevion's know. Solid. I mean, the you more know what, I watched you know Purdue, a huge red flag to me was Jeff when they played Wisconsin at home, and Johnny Davis is going nuts. Jaden Ivy should be the guy that should go over there and shut that water off. Yes. Yep. <laughs> And he didn't. I love that. He song. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's so the, t- to me, that's a little bit of a red flag um, for Purdue. You know what else is a red flag? When you allow, uh, you allow Xavier Johnson and Rob Finnessy, who I love because, you know, those, he's been there for five years. I love the moment that he got against Purdue. But when you let those two get 40 points on you in your backcourt, and open looks late. Yeah. Finnessy might- had like two. He had the game, the, 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 the game tire, the game winner. But the one before that, he was wide open and he had gone yeah. nuts all game. So, yeah, their perimeter defense is – I mean, their overall defense scares me. It does. Yep, yep, me too. All right, uh, Michigan State lost at Rutgers. We got about three minutes. You guys got anything to say about this? I just think that Rutgers is such a, a different team when they're playing in the rack. Um, it's, it's hard for me to kind of judge them too much. Uh, but, I mean, I just – I don't see it with Michigan State. It's, it's hard. They have matchup issues all over the place. But Ron Harper Jr. is pretty good and Mulcahy is pretty good like those two players in particular they're they're good players and they're much better at home that's a tough environment it's hard to take too much away from it I think Michigan State still has players they have length around the wings and they can win games in the tournament I do think there's matchup issues some games though yeah I think the Spartans are you know they're a sweet 16 caliber team I'd be shocked if they go further than that Mm -hmm. um yeah I think that they're I think the ISO factor yeah I think that they're they're prime for an upset I just, I think that they've, they've, there's a bunch of teams in college basketball this year that feel like they are kind of uh, surviving because they are exceptionally well coached um, and have a bunch of kids that are just tough and old. And, and it just feels like Michigan. You, you still, those Rob, you still got to find 16 teams that get to the sweet 16. Just say, so I know. think there, I think there's lots of teams that can get to the sweet 16, by All the right. way, speaking of teams that can get to the sweet 16, uh, UCLA and Arizona state are now tied at 58. With two minutes left, and Tiger Campbell in and out. Bobby's um, gonna anyway. lose it. Hey, Bobby will lose it. if he loses this game. The best, the best thing we'll talk about this in the after darks as well. Why Bobby Hurley puts his hands behind his back when he uh, when he gets upset with the refs. <laughs> I want to hear that. Uh, how about Rutgers out rebounding them by eleven? Yeah, it's not a good thing. I, 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 that's very atypical. That's a, that's, that's a big thing too. It's it's not was a good thing. Definitely not happy. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah. All right, guys, we got about we got about forty five seconds here, but really quick, uh, I feel like we should do this as a sign off uh, every day that we do sh- or every time we do a show together. Who's who? As of today, Jeff, who's your player of the year? Uh, as of today, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I might as well throw those ten names in a hat and pick one out. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with Johnny Davis. I just feel like still you take him off that that Wisconsin team. They're a CBI yep. team. Yep, I agree. All right, To who you got? I'm going Johnny Davis too. The record with him versus the record without him is just light years away. It's not even close. I think it's got to be Johnny Davis at this point. But listen, this has been fun. This has been the Field of 68 After Dark. If you are listening on SiriusXM right now, head over to YouTube, jump in the chat. We are doing the Field of 68 After Dark Afters. So for Jeff Goodman, for Terrence Oglesby, 
My name has been Rob Doster. Thanks for joining us. Perfect. Clear. All right. It's the afters. Get us some questions. I, I got one for you. This came in on, uh, on Twitter. Sorry to cut you off, Dagan, but um, it's from Greg Palermo. Uh, and Goodman, this is probably best for you. Are there any assistants out there right now that you think could have a Tommy Lloyd type season when they get a job uh, next year? Uh, no, because I don't know if anybody's going to get fired and, and leave somebody what Sean Miller left Tommy Lloyd and Tommy Lloyd's done a hell of a job with it. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he inherited a lottery pick in Ben Matherin, a absolute warrior in Tubelis. Um, maybe my favorite personality in all of college basketball in Kirk Risa. And listen, Coloco might be the, honestly, he might be the key to the whole thing because defensively what you can do with Christian Coloco on the court is amazing. I mean, he, you can switch everything with that dude. Like he can guard in the perimeter. He does. I mean, they played at the end of the game the other night against UCLA in the last four minutes. Matt Thurin and Tubelis were on the bench, and he had Balo and Coloco on the court. And I looked at him and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And it worked because of Coloco defensively. By the way, I forgot to honor the afters with my white claw pop. There you go. There you go. Line, baby. There you go. All right, Dagan, what else we got? All right, let's do it. Let's start after dark with a good one. 82 Atlantic. This one's for you, Jeff. He wants to know yep. if you plan on apologizing to Jerry Stackhouse. Two top 25 wins for Vanderbilt this year. Fuck no. Come on. <laughs> Come on. First of all, I couldn't apologize if I wanted because he, he's got me blocked on Twitter and he probably wouldn't respond to my, my text anyway. But they've beaten Georgia twice. They got an LSU team that we might as well bury right now uh, because nobody's falling quicker than the LSU Tigers right now. And uh, what was the other game? Who else did they beat? Uh, Arkansas. They had Arkansas. Oh, well, and you Arkansas. Also love- They're a fringe tournament team. Come on. Like, good job, Stack. Like, I'll give you credit. Certainly, you, you have beaten Arkansas and LSU. Those are two solid teams. But you should be. You're in year three at Bandy. You should be winning a few more games. What's successful for Vandy right now? Just out of curiosity. I mean, you better go to the tournament. To me, in year three or four, you better get to the NCAA tournament. That's that's mm-hmm. my take. Vandy, Kevin Stallings had him in the tournament quite a bit. Bryce yeah. Drew, when he got the job, he had him in the tournament year one. Now, again, Darius Garland was hurt in year three. Have Have you watched what Darius Garland's done this year yeah. in the NBA? Just got his all-star. Yes, all-star. You take your starting point guard and a future NBA all-star. I'm not saying, listen, they didn't win a game in the league. Mm-hmm. That sucked. But ultimately, at Vandy, you should be going to the tournament two out of every four years. Uh, I, I agree. I do think that Sack has done a pretty good job this year. And I will say this. I think that he runs good stuff. Um, I, I do. You I got to recruit, too. Yeah, no, I, I think that when it comes to the actual basketball stuff, he's really yeah. good. I, I don't. You know more about the recruiting landscape uh, than me. Uh, the other game. thing that I'll say, high game, yep. UCLA, Arizona State. Yep, 32, thirty-two seconds, seconds left. left. The one thing I will say is this: uh, they have four wins in the SEC this season. Two of them are, are against uh, the Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs. Right. Yep. Dagan, what else you got for us? Let's see here. Uh, this one says for top five jobs to watch. I want you each to give me just one, one job to watch going into the off season. 
that could open or that yeah, were that could open in... that that you're interested in in seeing how it goes anything like that for me it's louisville i want to know who but like who's who's gonna get that job i mean probably kenny payne yeah. probably kenny payne i mean yeah, I, I i think it's louisville because if you do louisville right you're you have a, a top five team in the country and it's probably not that hard to do it right i mean georgia should open you know kansas state might open the ones that you south carolina's gonna open the ones that you you kind of you got your eyes on that are like 50-50s or, or like Missouri, what happens at, at Missouri? Um, you know, what happens at Georgetown and Memphis with Patrick Ewing and Penny Hardaway? Did they go to the administration and say, you know what, this isn't working? Uh, you know, I've had enough. Can I, can I'm I say I'm one thing about Kansas State? Can I say, before you, before you go, T.O., yeah. can I say one thing about Kansas State? Um, sure. Bruce Weber this year is 12 and 10 overall, uh, despite dealing with a whole bunch of COVID stuff where they had a bunch of players missing for a while. Um, he's four and six in a big 12 that's loaded. He beat Texas Tech. He won at Texas. Today, he won at TCU, who was a team, Dagan, like we talked about on the on fielding the 68, uh, got a chance to, to get to the tournament. Like they're probably what, like an eight seed right now. Um, <laughs> and if you go back, so it, we are, three years removed from Bruce Pearl ending Kansas's reign as big 12 champions, Bruce, Bruce Pearl, yeah, Bruce, Weber. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Weber, sorry, Bruce yep. Weber won a share of the big 12 regular season title. The year that Chris Beard won it, Bruce Weber helped end the, your rival's streak of like 867,000 consecutive seasons where they won the regular season title. And that was three years ago, four years ago, he was in the elite eight. So like, I get it, but I think it was, it's more so he might retire. Arizona right? State, three, two. He already missed. One. He already missed. He already missed. Oh, already dude, missed. don't ruin it. <laughs> Why would you do that? You're an asshole. You, you, he already missed. He does it to me. He does it to me every single time. <laughs> what a dick move. Yeah, um, yeah but I, just I, the idea that Bruce Weber would be if he if he retires and good, man, go go enjoy retirement. You, you made a lot of money, and and uh, maybe we can get. Well, you I think a, the hard part for him this year was. Year. They got crushed by COVID, not only with with players, but also their coaching staff. So I'm with you. I'm just saying that one's probably, you know, to me, it probably leans more. They don't owe him a my, ton of my, money. My, my, my thing is more like you shouldn't be running that dude out of town if you're a Kansas State fan, right? Three years ago, you won the league. Four years yeah. ago, you were in the Elite Eight. Like, I get that you want to have some level of consistency and, and, and be better than what you were the last two seasons, but, like, you're also Kansas State. Come on. Yep. Yep. Give the guy some, give, give, give the guy give the guy give the guy give the guy some credit. I'm sorry to you. I'll cut you off on Georgetown. Go ahead. No, I'm curious to see what happens there because I watched their game against St. John's the other day where they just got throttled at home, and th th those guys didn't even look like. No, it's ugly. They didn't even look like they wanted to be there. Like it was just it was kind of a weird thing. They had they had their crowd there that was fired up and all that stuff, and it was just like they were just kind of going through the motions, and it would it didn't look. The, the full engagement of a college athlete didn't seem to be there. And I, that's, that's always alarming whenever I'm watching a team. And I'm telling you the kid, Aminu Muhammad, he's good. Awesome. No, no. Yeah. Like, like I want to see him play in like meaningful games. I, I think he's a first round pick. I really mm -hmm. believe that nobody's got him in the mix. I think he's a first, maybe not this year. Maybe he transfers somewhere else after this year or something like that. But man, <laughs> he is super talented and intrigued. Yeah, Dagan, what else we got? 
Let's keep it going here. We're going to take a, a break from the basketball itself. We're going to talk some pregame meal. Which college basketball arena has the best food in college basketball? It is not Providence. Providence food. I just told this T.O. This is relevant. This, I was going to say, we just talked about this. Yeah, T.O.'s <laughs> coming up for, for Villanova Providence. And I said, Providence is the worst food of any program in America. Uh, Bob Driscoll, the AD, is on his way out. But if you're listening, Bob, before you retire, please Please step up the food at Providence. You know who had a great pregame meal when I was there? Xavier. Really? They they brought in they brought in uh, ribs for the media. They had like really good mac and cheese. Um, there was some like coleslaw. Like it was it was a full barbecue restaurant meal that they they were serving. And I was like, this is good. I don't know if I really I got I had a button down on. I don't want like I don't know if I really want to be just be eating the ribs, but yeah, that was really good. Uh, I was a big fan. I, of that. I haven't been. I haven't been doing this long enough to figure out who has good meat I mean, food or not. Texas Tech was good, and and the best part of Texas Tech for me, the other day was, so I'm outside. Literally, people are just bringing me beers. Fans are literally just bringing me over beers and food from, like a, a kid had a, a whole thing of shrimp on his plate, and I'm like, man, that looks good. He's like, have it, take it. I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. He's like, no, 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 take it, please, like. I've never seen a fan base that hated me so much two weeks prior like me this time. I mean, they're That's trying to give me a shotgun a beer. And and I was scared to shotgun the beer, guys. I, I won't lie because I haven't shotgun a beer and it's gotta be like 20 years. And in front of like a thousand students, that's a lot of pressure to put on an old dude like me. Was that when you, you were know, on the top you know and looking down? Yes. Yes. That <laughs> would look fun. Right. You know that, who would have? You know who would have thrived in that moment? Would've yeah, thrived. Christian Hackenberg. Christian Hack. Hackenberg would have thrived. Would have killed it. You I'm gonna actually. Not, you know who else would not have thrived in that moment? Trevor yeah. Knight. Trevor Knight. I'm gonna joke. I'm honestly. I might. <laughs> I might hire Hack to teach me how to shotgun a beer. I, I think he would do it, and I could become like an elite level shotgunner, even at my age. No, no, you could not. I'm gonna, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in here. I'm gonna jump in here quickly. We have, we have, a, we have a question. Is there a video of the shotgun, Goodman? I didn't do it. That's what I'm saying. They were chanting my name. I didn't do it. The chat's gonna be disappointed in that one. That's for sure. I know. Well, like, I, I listen. I first of all, listen. I used be clear. It as, be clear. It was before. It was before a game correct, where you correct. were going to also work. smart. I couldn't do that. I couldn't okay. do it. I probably would have been fired. So yeah. I had to be smart. But I did say. I did kind of lie and said I'd come back after the game and do it. Now, again, by the time I got out of there after the game, you know, after talking to Beard post game and all that, nobody was – maybe they were left. I didn't walk over on that side of the uh, the arena. Yeah, by the way, Arizona State is now up 67-64 to 64 on UCLA uh, with three minutes left in overtime. Singleton, tie game. Tie game now. Um, um, one, right, more, one more comment before on the food from Sleepers Media, yeah. our good buddies at Sleepers Media. Keto Goodman slandering food like he doesn't eat seaweed chips. Any any comment on that? <laughs> what? What are they saying? <laughs> keto. You're talking, you're talking bad about food and all you eat is keto chips. Seaweed no, chips. I bro- I, seaweed I've chips. broken keto. I've, I've crushed keto over the last probably two months. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually scared of getting the, the scale after this past week being in, in, in my old neighborhood in Tucson eating well, going over the Millers, went over and had dinner with Sean and Arch. And Sean brought him, even though he had already eaten, brought him a pizza for me. Um, so that was good. It was good to see them. 
How was Beard after that whole thing? Did, did he tell you how he felt about the fans and all that stuff? Was there a little animosity mm -hmm. on his end too? Or I'm very curious to see how Goodman answer, answers this right Rob now. Rob wants to know. I, listen, you know me. What I'm always honest on this shit. So yeah. Beard was not himself in the postgame press conference. He's usually a, a, a magician in terms of how he answers questions. And he was short and really didn't go into it. He was very robotic. Mm -hmm. So after the game, he's walking down the hall. And, and generally, I, I know him well and most coaches, other than like Coach K or somebody like that, I'm not going to ask a question in the postgame because I don't want everybody else to have the answer to it. So yeah. I, Beard walks by me and I said, hey, you got a minute? And he says, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm done for the night. And I said it loud enough, I think, for everybody in the hallway to hear. I said, that's bullshit. Mm. And a minute later, he had somebody bring me into the coach's room, and we talked. It was me and a couple other people. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about it. And I said, I said, like, what were you thinking? What were you thinking when you were walking out surrounded by five cops into that arena and were booed by – Everybody in that arena, 15,300, what were you thinking? And he basically said, like, it was just another Big 12 game. Mm. And I called him out on it. I said, listen, I've known you for 20 years. I said, that's bullshit. And uh, he gave me a little bit. He did. But, but he never really opened up about to his emotions and what it was like. And, again, he's built different than most of us. He is. But I still feel like, man, that's a tough situation to walk into when that was a that was a fan base that you were beloved and now you're absolutely hated by that that same fan base so yeah it was it was weird it was weird yeah what what you did there for anybody listening to this that is an aspiring journalist or a sports writer it's called the sidle when you're when you're in the locker room and, or you're uh you're you're walking to the the press conferences or you're there afterwards at the game you just sidle up next to someone have a conversation with him. That's the way that you get something where nobody else has it. It's a uh, vets know how to do it. I learned that from Goodman. Dang, what else was, we got? I thought it was saddle. Saddle. <laughs> you saddle up to someone. Saddle up next right. to someone. All right, let's get back uh, to bat. Let's get back to basketball. How about it? Yeah. Uh, what team would you rather be in March, Marquette or Wisconsin? Marquette. 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 Definitely. You got to defend. Marquette. Yeah, they defend. They have multiple guys that can get it done. Yeah, Marquette. All right, one more, um, and I'll let you guys get into three cheers. Well, actually, we'll, we'll see if any more questions pop up, but here's another one for you. MC Lee's been asking for it all night, Rob. We need your thoughts on UConn. <laughs> they stink, man. <laughs> they stink. It was, today, today was a rough one. They, they, they just when – you, uh, when, you're, when you're a team built around big guys and you get punked by Eric Dixon, that's not, not a great sign. Uh, he was, he was like, I put it in the chat. He was like easy Ed Pinkney out there today. Yeah. He looked great. He looked great. And like to his credit, you know, I, I make jokes about Eric Dixon. He's been he's gotten better. Yeah. He's, he's been really, really good this season. But if you're Adama Sonogo and you're, you're supposed to be the biggest player of the year, like you can't be getting worked over by Eric Dixon. You, you gotta, you have to win that matchup. So, um, I was very disappointed with the defensive effort. You can't give up 85. Like, they, they can't score well enough to give up 85 points and beat somebody. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody expected a win here um, at Villanova. But you got to play significantly better in the next six games than, uh, than you have um, in the last two. Because their next six, it's like they get Marquette, then they're 
uh, at St. John's um, at, so at prop. So their, their next six games are absolutely ridiculous and they legitimately could lose all six. So we're about to find out it's about to get real. Um, Yo, you want to hear my Kirk Reese's story before we, we, we get onto our three. Cheers? I do know really bad. I really want to hear this one. So, so after the game, there's this bar um, called dirt bags that in Arizona, it's like, you know, an institution, right? When I was there, I'd go. And then like last time I was there, I went and it seemed older, right? It just seemed like a little bit older. So I didn't feel so out of place. I, I felt pretty good going there. Mm-hmm. So me and Jim Root from Three Man Weave, he was at the game too. We went, we started a place called Gentle Ben's right afterwards, got some apps, sitting at the bar, three kids start talking to us. You, you like love, you love your appetizers. You love your apps. Well, we had already eaten. <laughs> so I wasn't going to, you know, I just got some nachos and drank a few beers and three kids next to us were talking to and um, they were like, all right, you know, let's go over to, uh, and we really, we didn't try to tell them like who we were, but eventually, I don't know how it came out, but it came out. So we're walking out of there. We're going to go to another bar and Kirk Creesa and Pell Larson, Pell Larson come in with one other guy, walk on. So I had talked to Kerr. I met Kerr. Actually, the first time I had ever met Kerr was after the Illinois game. We didn't meet. We had him on the show yeah. and he was awesome. I had my Arizona stuff behind me and. He was terrific. So I met him before the game this year. We talked for a few minutes and then he came up to me and I won't say what he said right before the game started against UCLA, but um, he, he's a, he's a trip. He's a riot. So he gave me his headband, which he said he would do after the Illinois game. So we put on video, everything like that. So, you know, we started to get to know each other a little bit. So he's walking in and I said, where are you guys going? Why are you a gentle Benz? Like this place is kind of dead at the point at this point. He's like, no, I'm going over. We're going to go over to dirt bags in a little bit. I'm like, all right, we're going to go over there too. So we beat him over there. We're in, we're drinking, whatever, talking to some people and they come up and it's him and like few other players. I'm not going to say everybody, um, but it's him and a few other players and they can't get in. There's a lot of like a hundred people. We got in right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's probably 50, 50, 75 people, something like that in the line. And he like knocks on the door to me to come out and help him. And I'm like, dude, how can you, you just beat UCLA. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, how, how does he Like, what are we in? doing here? What are we doing? And I come out and talk to the, the, the doorman. I'm like, Hey man, like, come on. Like they just beat UCLA. He's like, no, my general manager said, I'm like, okay, whatever. And, uh, and, and I guess it was the line cutting of the line was the issue, not of anything else. So I said to like the girls in the front, I'm like, you don't care if these dudes, you know, they just beat UCLA and they're like, well, they're not, they're not famous. And I'm like, they beat UCLA. What, what did you do today? <laughs> and they didn't know what to say, but they, they literally wouldn't. Anyway, we finally got them in. Um, but it was like this big thing. Like, and I'm like, this is what's wrong with Tucson. Like this shit would never happen in Lexington, Kentucky or Lawrence, Kansas or any place else, big time, you know, college town. So I I was, but anyway, he came in and he's just, he's a funny dude. He, his personality is elite level. If he played at Duke, he'd be up there with like Grayson Allen 
and like JJ Redick and like Marshall yeah. Henderson, like those guys, he just doesn't have the, the profile yet, but man, he ki th blows kisses to the crowd threw the ball in the crowd right after they beat UCLA. Um, he, he's, he's he tried, to, he tried to do it. He tried to do it again against Southern Cal. They stopped him. The player stopped him. Did you see yeah. it? Yeah, I saw it. And then he yeah. runs over. He's <laughs> and it's so funny. He runs over the side and grabs a kid and starts taking pictures. And nobody was ready to take pictures, but right. he just hangs on to the kid yes. like he's ready to go. No, he seriously, it. his personality, you know. And I, I talked to him a little bit about it. I was like, you know, listen, you have all the passion and competitiveness that, that's missing in college basketball with so many people. The key, mm -hmm. the key for Arizona really is can Kirk Creesa play consistently? And he knows it. He totally knows he needs to make better decisions. And that's going to be the key for this Arizona team, to me, being able to make a Final Four run. You know who I thought for that Arizona team was going to be kind of a steadying force? I thought Larson was going to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. Because at me Utah, too. he was also really steady. Like, he didn't do yep. anything to hurt you. He's a good defender. So, I, I've known about that kid since he was about 14, because I was in Sweden while he was still coming up. So he's, he's He was good, hurt. He's, he was – yeah, he was hurt at the beginning of the year, and and Tommy Lloyd told me the problem with him is he's he's uh, too much of a pleaser almost. You know, he doesn't force things. He doesn't want to be that. He, he's a really good passer. He's Swedish. Yeah, that's can, what. Yeah. Can someone in the chat tell me what what is, what are they reviewing? What are they looking at right now in this UCLA Arizona? One point four left. When when is going when on? the timeout was called? I don't know. Dagan Dagan's killing us in the chat. Well, yeah, because you just told the worst story of all time. Listen, it's my, it's my job, you know? It's my job. You've been hyping up that story for weeks. Job. For weeks, you've been hyping up that story. Might as well for just weeks, keep it going. It let's, just, let's just keep it going until tomorrow's show. We'll just it yeah. two days live. ago. Well, I can't right. tell the whole story. I had to, I had to, at, at about, some point while I was telling it, I understood that I couldn't tell all of it. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's how about my sleepers me how about sleepers media going after Doster? Doster is shaped like a pyramid scheme salesman. Yeah. I mean it's That's accurate. Okay. The, <laughs> he, he, Carter Carter Elliott should not be talking about how people are shaped. Let's just oh. leave it at that. Oh. Damn. Any comment from we, Sleepers Media, put it in the chat. Who's what's even going even on though here? it's probably Greg. <laughs> UCLA call timeout, so it's UCLA's ball or no? Yeah, we're, I, I believe it is. I have no idea. I, I was I was so enthralled yeah, in your UCLA ball. I, I was so enthralled in your Kirk Creasa story <laughs> that I haven't been paying hold on, attention. Hold on, MC Lee just said they're going to the monitor to listen to Goodman's Kirk Creasa story. <laughs> <laughs> they, should. they definitely should. Oh man. man, can we do three cheers? I get the hell yeah. out of here. Yes, what please. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm now paying attention over here. Goodman, I don't you have go a first. beer up here now. You go first. Me? Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, listen, what was the biggest upset of the day? I, I, to me, it was DePaul beating Xavier at the Sinta Center, right? No, you, like know what the, you know what the biggest upset of the day was? Kentucky beating wait. Alabama. No, no, it was Yeah, not. Kentucky was an underdog. That's Kentucky true. was an underdog. You're dumb. Yeah. Kentucky was an underdog. He's right. You're a, Kentucky, you're a bum. Kentucky got points. You're still a bum. Kentucky's money line. <laughs> Entering the game was plus what was, what was the what was the line at Xavier DePaul? I bet you it was a hell of a lot bigger. I don't care. Kentucky's the number five team in the country. Underdog. I on the just road. said, what's the biggest upset? Yeah, Kentucky winning. Biggest upset no. of the day. All right. Anyway, course severe McCauley. 
went for 21. What, for what's, Cavassier, what, what, Cavassier. what's his name? Cavassier, sorry. The only reason I know that, hey, sorry, sorry, hold on. The only reason I know that is because yeah. I played against, when I was an assistant at Carson Newman, a D2 Carson Newman, he was at LMU. And he, really? was, a, he was a D2 bucket. Right, Nobody could for, guard him at that level. Sorry, I go can't ahead, believe but. you're correcting me on pronunciation. <laughs> wow. Oh, how the turntables! Yes, I like it. I knew I knew there was a reason we kept you around. Lincoln <laughs> Memorial D two had 21 points, and, and they're without probably you know two of their best players certainly tonight. Huge, huge win for Stubbs and uh, and DePaul over over Xavier. So I'm, I'm giving it to how do you say it again, Tia? Yeah, you never had Cavassier before? No. What is Unbelievable. it? Unbelievable. You're an alcoholic, so you've had it all. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know what Cavassier is? I don't know. Unbelievable. All right, such, go ahead, an, such an accusation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's an accusation. That's the problem. <laughs> All right, so my cheers goes. Yeah, <laughs> my cheers goes to uh, AJ Griffin, man. Gosh, that kid's good, and he's just progressively gotten better all year. And it, like some of the stuff he does, whether it be off the dribble, off the catch, like I, it's it, it's shocking to me that I'm still shocked that it happens. Like because it feels like it just comes out of nowhere, and he just continues to improve throughout the season, and he's a game changer for them, in my opinion. So, cheers to AJ Griffin. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make my cheers go to, uh, to Todd Golden at San Francisco, because they did something that this is going to blow your mind. Goodman, but what I they know. did at the end of the game today, they were up by two yep. with 7.6 seconds left. Yeah. They were in the one-on-one. They intentionally fouled Portland up by two, sent the guy to the free throw line, um, and, and ended up winning the game. They've done and, this before, right? Yeah, They've done they this have. before. This is it's, it's just what they do. They're they're showing the replays now of Jaden Ivey's dunks again. He's ridiculous. I don't get. I, I just don't. Would you do that, Rob? Would you foul up two? Depends um, on who the free throw shooter is, and if it's on one free, and one. Depends on and the if it's one shooter. and one or two. That would be. A I mean, it was one and one. It was one yeah, and see, one. I, I, I would consider. It. I would consider. Theo, the the one the one and one versus two doesn't matter as much as who the free throw shooter is. Because oh, yeah. if you're up by two, you got to hit them both anyway. Yeah, he almost hit it. Yeah. Double overtime. Yep, it looked good. Um, Come on, man, Joel. I'm going to I'm going to call suit. a pivot, Dagan. If you are okay with it, I'm going to call a pivot. Uh, I'm I'm requesting our producers. Um, no, no. Let, I already know what you're going to ask. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> let's do it. Hang, hang out, chat, chat. We're hanging out. We're, we're hanging out, chat. You guys. <laughs> All right, let's do we're it. Hanging out, chat. Send some more questions. Yep. Send us some. Well, more oh, actually, I'm I'm putting a. a thing on this we're only allowed to stay if Goodman doesn't tell any more stories because if there's any more What's stories that? no more no stories more stories from, no more stories from Goodman or else I'm out of breath <laughs> I'm delirious I haven't slept yeah I know I can tell <laughs> I can tell what you got halfway through the story I can't even like, see oh. honestly I can't even see what the the, the font on my I, I, honestly I got no all right I got I got a I got a question for you guys what is give me your uh, your biggest travel horror story all like right the, so I'm I'm playing in Ukraine and we're playing a cup game where he lived. I lived in Mykolaiv, which was the south of Ukraine. There was a guy named Sergey Gladder that got drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. That's from this town. Goodman, you might remember him. I, he played like a couple of games yeah. for the Hawks. But I, I was down there. I played for that team. I was 20 years old. I just moved over there. Well, we had a cup game in Kiev. I want you to keep in mind, this is 2009, 
and there were no highway systems put into place yet there in the Ukraine before the civil wars, but it was a cup game. It wasn't a regular season game, so they didn't really care that much. So we got on a bus on back roads from Mykolaiv, Ukraine and to Kiev. It took 18 hours to get there. We stopped three times. We had chicken schnitzel and noodles, all three meals with tea, hot tea, and then got off the bus, played the game, got back on the bus, drove back 18 hours back. That is 18 hours drive. 18 hours. And it was brutal. This is before like you can Skype and all that stuff. Like you better bring a good book. And it was as bad as it sounds. That's one. How long, how long did you get there before the game? Two hours. They planned it pretty well. I got nothing but, like that. Yeah, I mean, but we had nothing. we had to leave like really early in the morning. It was kind of nuts. Purdue, Purdue had producer Dagan yeah. has a bad travel story. If you want to go hear. ahead? What do you got? Yeah. So it was my senior year at Seton Hall, and I was calling the game on the radio station up there. You get to travel with the, with the teams, and Seton Hall was playing Nebraska in you know one of those you know November non conference games. So I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska. Right? There's two to three feet of snow in Newark. So I'm stuck in Lincoln, Nebraska now for two days. Of all places in the world, you don't want to be stuck. I can promise you that Lincoln, Nebraska is, is, is up, up high on the list. So anyway, stuck in Lincoln, Nebraska for two days waiting for, to get a flight back to Newark. So we ended up flying from Lincoln to Denver. And the, uh, the earliest flight back to Newark was four days later. We had to, <laughs> we had to fly to Dulles outside of, outside of D.C., get an Uber. From DC or into DC, and then take an Amtrak from DC <laughs> and back to Newark, all before the game on Saturday when they played St. Louis. Like that, you know, two days later. Hey, one time, so we, I played in the G League, and we had to fly from Boise through Denver back to uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Well, our plane got stuck in Denver, and we were delayed for like ten hours. Where all the team left to go into Denver, and we all know what kind of nonsense happens in Denver. So they come back and a couple of our guys are blitzed, <laughs> like, like blitzed. One guy, we got on the plane back and he fell asleep underneath the row of seats. And this was a big person. And it was a two, it was a two on one side and one, one on the other side. And he was on the one side and he fell asleep laying flat underneath the seats and teammates weren't in front and back. There were regular passengers. People didn't know what to do. They just put their feet on top of him. He was so blazed out of his head. That's a when, true story. Uh, when, when I went to I went to London when I was a, a a junior in college, and on the flight back, you know how they have like the the duty free or whatever that you can get when you're mm-hmm. when you're in the airports traveling internationally. We bought a, a bottle of vodka. It was me and one of my buddies, and um, we were drinking it on the plane. And we actually flew Air India, so we were the only not Indian people that were on this flight. And um, so we're sitting there and like all the, the stewardesses love us because we have an American accent and they're just, just hanging out, having a good time, drinking the bottle of vodka that we brought in, drinking the vodka that's given to us um, by the, the, the stewardesses, all the, the little, uh, what do you call the little ones? The, like the little shooters, the one shot things. Um, mm-hmm. The guy that is sitting next to us decides to try You're to talk to the wrong two people, us. I think. For, yeah. yeah well, I mean, the guy that was sitting next to us, he was probably like five seven 120 pounds tries to go drink for drink with me with college version of me and another guy that is bigger than me uh ends up getting so drunk that he throws up in each of the two bathrooms on the airplane and falls asleep in the middle of the aisle not like in the seat in the middle of the aisle just passes out on the floor and he's just there on the floor and the stewardess they're like what are you 
can you get your friend? I'm like, that's not my friend. I don't know who that guy is. He was just sitting next to us. I got one. So, I got one. Oh, sorry, you're not done. I thought I was. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that then we got to customs and I saw him in the line for customs wobbling like this. I have no idea what happened to him. Hope he got through. <laughs> Poor guy. You know, he felt terrible too. So oh, we're on the way back from visiting family. My wife is from Sweden. And we're on the way back from visiting family. Well, I have to, you know how you have to bribe kids to get on the plane or just to do anything yeah. in general, you got to bribe them. Well, I put it, I had a chocolate bar in my back pocket and it had hazelnuts in it. And I forgot it was there. And I sat down in my seat and this flight was like two hours. It was a connection. <laughs> and I stood up and it looked like I shit all over this seat and there were nuts in it, which made it like double worse. And I'm having to explain away. I'm like, no, 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 no. And my son's like, you poopied. I'm like, no, I didn't. This is ridiculous. He's snitching on me. It's my own kid. It'd, it'd be your own. It'd be your own. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe T.O. pooped on an airplane. He pooped his pants on an airplane. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pooped his really? pants on an airplane. T.O. pooped his pants. All right. Jaime Hawkins just hit a turnaround jumper. He's got 21 to 10. Uh, UCLA is up 74 to 72 now. Dang, we got any other questions in the chat coming in? <laughs> yeah, I got to go back and look for some. <laughs> <laughs> here, here you go. Here's one easy, relevant. Who do you think is going to win this game? UCLA. I'll take, I'll so. take UCLA at this point. I have UCLA's money line, so. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Dark horse for the tournament. What you, like dark horse final like, all? team, dark horse title team, dark guys, horse. To, just, <laughs> it's just late, answer the question. Let's go. Let's go to win it all. Yeah, sure. All right. Give me what is defined. Like what does dark horse mean? All right, you're asking Lord too many questions that. now. Let's say answer, answer team, the effing question. <laughs> team, Ooh, a, pick a five pick seater a, below that can win it all. Watch, watch, watch. Goodman. Watch. Yeah, don't root it. Don't root it. Oh. That was nice. Oh, come here. That was nice. Jalen Graham. Very nice. Uh, uh, five a, dark horse, a dark horse. A dark horse. I'm going to go Marquette. There's, there's two. Two teams that are, that are going to be in like that five, six range. I'll say Marquette and Alabama are my two dark horse picks. to win. Everything's matchups this year, man. What about mid-major teams? I agree with both of those. What about mid-major teams? I don't know what mid-major team Like UAB? I mean, Jelly Maybe. Walker is playing about as well as any point guard. He had 42 tonight against middle, 42. So I, I go UAB. I, I think the way AK plays. And they've got a big in there in the middle, Trey Jemison, who's yeah. seven, yeah, seven feet, who, could be, who might be able to bang with some of the bigger teams they'll play. Um, I actually I'm like hey, SoCon got two. SoCon's got two that aren't bad. I'm telling you. Chad right, newton has got Silvio DeSosa. Matthew Nichols, what's your updated list of best atmospheres? Still Kansas won consistently. Duke, just because, again, the, the, the student section, how small it is, how animate it is, and uh, I would say two. And then it's like rotating for me, three. Could be Indiana if they're good. Gonzaga's great. Um, to me, again, Texas Tech was friggin' out of this yeah. world. And, and I've seen probably the two biggest games there in the last two years. So I'd like to see it on uh, maybe an ordinary, you know, big 12 game. Um, but those, I think Kansas and Duke are clearly one a and one B. And then there's probably eight or 10 Purdue is friggin' awesome. now. Yeah. Like I, I want to go Purdue, there. Purdue is the place when, when I went and did a game sideline, I'd already done like 25 of them, different places, Arizona, wherever I went to Purdue and I couldn't hear with one earpiece. 
And after that game, I had to get a double earpiece so that it blocks out the, the sound on the other ear so you can actually hear when they ask you questions. Uh, so you know an underrated you know venue when, when, when things are going well? An underrated venue is Virginia Tech. I've never like, been. Like never Blacksburg, been. when they're good, yeah. that place is rocking. It's a, it's a, and there's no AC in there. It's still kind of old. They're supposed yeah. to do some renovations on it. I hope they don't go too crazy with them because you know what has, else is really good too when they're good? You know what else is really good when they're good? UConn, Maryland, Maryland. When oh, they're Maryland's good. very good. Maryland, yeah, Maryland's very good. Great. Providence is good. I mean, those fans are, as we know from Twitter, they're out of their minds. I'm excited to get up there, man. I, I've never been to a Big East game. Mm. That'd be the first one for me. That'll be fun. Just book uh, the oh, flight. You, you just booked it. When are you coming yep. in? The day of? I'm coming in on Monday evening, and I'm going to try to go to shoot-arounds, and then I'll leave on Wednesday morning. Was it Providence-Villanova? Is that what you said? Yep. All right. I'll be there. Mm -hmm. How about nice. this? A few years ago, that game, uh, I walked over from the hotel with, with Jay Wright to the to the game. You know how long before the game we, we walked over? Mm -mm. 45 minutes before the game. That is such a boss move. He doesn't do it anymore, I don't think. But he did it then, and I asked him. I'm like, why? He's like, you know what? Because if I get there an hour and a half before, people are going to bother me for, like, tickets, whatever it is. I'm just going to get there 45 minutes. I, I, I don't think he still does it, and I don't know why he changed back. Quick question from the but, chat on that. Was he wearing a suit when you guys walked over? or was Hell he, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, making, in, just making sure, you know, we're big fashion. Yeah, 45 minutes topic. before he was in the suit. He didn't have time to change at that point. Tio, Tio, you know who asked that question? Hey, Your boy, David, David Bentley. That's my man. That's my guy. <laughs> he's still up watching. I guarantee he's watching. Oh, the whole he's going to be up until this game's over. There's still yeah, 200 you know people that. up here watching with you guys. With us, yeah. So. Yeah, after, on, dark, after dark is going to turn into after sunrise if this is going this way. <laughs> my God. What else we got, boys? Come on. What else? I'm, I'm reading them. Your favorite announcers. Your favorite announcers in college basketball. That's one. And we all better have the same answer. Yeah. I mean, Hummel's one, obviously. Fan is two. Um, T.O. You know, is up there. T.O.'s three. Uh, I, I, I would I, I say. Got, I get more work. I loved working with Farnham. I love working with Farnham because they used to just open the mic and just let us shoot the shit together for, for like wooden or whatever. Oh, it fell down. Damn. You know, the problem. I would work with Vital and Walton as a sideline guy, and you can't you can't get in anything. Mm. You're literally just sitting there listening to them the whole time because I would say like they'd be on one topic, whatever it was, and you know like Johnny Juzang, and I'd be like I got something, and they'd be like All right, we'll get you in, and Bill would talk, and he talked for like thirty seconds straight or a minute straight. By that point, like Johnny Juzang had probably already come off the court, mm -hmm. so it, it wasn't relevant, but. Uh, good. I mean, Bill Walton is a riot because he'll go up to anybody, even if you've met him 50 times before, and he'll go up to you like Danny Ainge. Hey, Danny, Bill Walton. Like, you know, like he played with him <laughs> with the Celtics for years. That's how Bill is. He works, though. That dude, I once saw him sit there for eight shoot arounds for PK80, eight shoot arounds, sitting there taking copious notes on every single team, talking to every coach, players. All day. How, let me ask you this: how much how much of what he does is is an act? No, it's him. It's him. There's no bullshit with this guy. None. He invited us over to his house in San Diego. That's one. Remember the picture I have of me, mm -hmm. 
Bill and his dog in the tent. Oh, yeah. In a tent in the backyard. It's maybe my favorite picture I've ever got. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Have awesome. you seen have you seen it when he compares Boris Diaw to Mozart? I don't think so. It is no. A1. It is high quality. Really? Yeah. It's when he was still doing NBA games. But. I mean, Vital, Vital's a riot. I did a game with Vital at Duke. And you know, Dick, like he he walks like literally up to the student section and all the way across and he's waving and you know, signing autographs or whatever. Well, I'm walking with him and he goes through and he's like, after like two minutes, he's like, Jeff, where's my bag? Where's my bag? I left my bag. And so I got to find his bag. You know, he left it like 20 feet back. And then he goes further and he's like, Jeff, where's my phone? I left, I, I left my phone. Where's my phone? I got to go back again. Like, I don't know how he keeps track of anything because he's just so all over the place, but he does his own tweets. It's amazing. I mean, like the dude is just the nicest human being and will will talk and sign autographs and do anything anybody asks. Um, so I hope I hope he gets back soon. Here we go. UCLA, don't ruin it, Doster. Do not ruin it. Tiger. Oh, we're going to another one, aren't we? <laughs> Buckle in. All right. You guys want to, are we doing third? I mean, I'm delirious right now. Like I need sleep so bad, but there's still like 240 of you. So I don't want to, you know, if you guys yeah. are up, I'm up. Keep it around. Yeah. I, 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 need, another, I need another white claw. <laughs> we got to keep the questions coming though. We got to yes, keep the questions more, coming. More questions in the chat. Dulcer, go get another drink. <laughs> All right, cool. The only thing I have, and I don't know how it got in here, a strawberry banana heart seltzer smoothie. I'm going to crack it open. <laughs> there you I'm go. cracking it open. This is how soft I am. Look at this thing. What is that? I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Uh, here, here's a question uh, from David Bentley. It says, ask Goodman about good. Teddy. It's good. Ask me about what? Teddy. Teddy? Teddy Valentine. Teddy Valentine. Oh, Teddy. Teddy. We got to get Teddy on the pot again. I had him on, I think, during the pandemic. Yeah, I remember We could have done... We could have done honestly like four episodes of like an hour a piece with him. Uh, phenomenal. Teddy, the, the greatest thing about Teddy is he doesn't give a shit. He just says it. All the other refs are scared. Because again, they're scared of getting in trouble, losing their jobs, whatever. He does not care at all. He does not care. I mean, we talked about the Joe Berry incident. Yeah, what did he say about Teddy. that? I forgot about that. What did he say yeah. about that whole thing? He apologized for it. He said, listen, it was my screw up. And I, you know, like he, he had no problem saying that, that, you know, he shouldn't have done that. But like, I, you know, I get to know a lot of these refs over the course of the season. I'll have, you know, beers with them after games and everything like that. And I think one of the things people, and it's, it's honestly it's so hard for me to sit in a, in the stands and listen to people yell at these refs and, and like, in such a demeaning way. Like, it's just too much. Right. It's like, they're human. They're human. It is hard to do their jobs. They're the best there is. And they're not, their percentage is still, obviously you can't be, you know, you're not getting a hundred percent or probably right. even close to a hundred percent when you look back at it. But uh, people forget like how much stuff they do over the summers. 
Yes. Like there's all kinds of camps. And they have and other they, jobs. Oh man. Well, a lot of them do. Now the, the high major guys, they get paid pretty well, but man, it goes at all levels. Like, do you remember JP Prem that played at UNC Asheville? Yeah, of course. He, he's, uh, he's on his way up and is he refing and he's really good at it. And it, it's, it's, it's constant. Like they're always doing something. These ACC officials meetings and camps and it's, there's a oh, lot happens. into it. All right, I'm going to start rolling off some of these questions. All right, I'm going to start rolling off a few of them, Dagan, that are coming in. Uh, by the way, by yeah, the way yeah, go ahead. That's fine. By the way, I, I love I love how uh, T.O. says, hey, do you remember J.P. Prim from UNC Asheville? And Goodman's like, yeah, of course I do. Like, you, 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 do you know J.P.? I don't know him, but I know him. Yeah, like, I know him as a guy. player. I don't think I ever met him. Yeah, he's a good guy. He, he's um, ten, Tennessee guy. Tennessee guy. I, I have a Dolster, question for you guys. I have a question for you guys. All right, so. If there's one matchup that you could root for, one storyline that you want to see come to fruition during the NCAA tournament, what is it? Man, that's a one loaded match. Why don't you want to know what mine is? Mine I would is, like to see Shaka and Texas match up. That'd be fun. Mine is, good. Mine, good. mine is similar. Mine is similar. Mark Few, Gonzaga as the number one seed Tommy out West. Yeah. Tommy Lloyd, Arizona as the number two seed out West. Facing off in the Elite Eight in where it's in LA, right? San Diego. Where is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, LA. Uh, I think it's LA. I'm pretty. I'm I got like a better 90. one. Better than I got that? a better. better one. Oh yeah, I got a better Lloyd one than both of you. It's not even okay. close. <laughs> National <laughs> title. Coach K Calipari. Last game. Coach K can go out in style. They never really liked each other. They kind of ran college basketball, right? Like. Cal started this thing of, of, you know, the one and dones, then K did it. And now, mm -hmm. you know, K kind of backed off it a little bit. Um, I, that's what I want to see. Arizona, right. Arizona State. Hey, what a pass. What a pass, yeah. by the way. What a pass. This is amazing. We should get, we should just wait and get Bobby Hurley after. We should do it after, after, Are we going to be here till four? You want to you do it till we'll four? We'll just wait up and Hurley will jump on. Like literally, I'll how, just. How I'll long just, do we have to? How long do we have to go? I mean, whenever I, Hurley can get up. Can you just yeah, just text Doug and just tell him like, look, wait, I, I'm not even gonna text Doug. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like Facetime Hurley or something. However we can get him in, I'll send Hurley. Okay, here's, the link. here's what you're gonna do: send send him the Zoom link and say jump yeah. in right now. If they win, I'll try. As soon as, as, soon as they, I'll win, try it right send after it to him, and we'll give it. I'll give it I thirty seconds Doug. before I Hold jump. On, in. I'll text Doug because <laughs> Doug could get it done. I mean, they probably have a – I don't know what they'll have. But here's the problem. We got another 10 minutes at least of overtime. And then we'd have to wait another 10 to 15 minutes for, like, post-game stuff. Like, I'm not – What's, I'm not what's sleep, what's sleep though, Doster? I mean, we don't sleep here until 68. I've never really – yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit a few of these coaching questions in here. Yeah, uh, let's go. Because I saw a couple of them. Uh, Mark Fox, get Canda Cal. I think he gets one more year. It's Cal. You know, they've had some bad, you can't fire, bad him. You can't fire him this quick. Kevin Keats, yes, I think he'll get another year. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Uh, can I, can I ask what, the, what the thoughts thing? are? Yeah, can I ask what the thoughts are there? Because I've, I've been asked that, yeah, on Keats, because I, I do a radio show out of Charlotte uh, almost every week, and that's always a question, is what, the what NCAA is NCAA stuff? A lot of it is the NCAA stuff, that he's had that from start to finish now. And, and they're finally behind them, you know, in terms of, of the NCAA decisions mm -hmm. and that, that affected them recruiting. Like the one thing Keats is, he's a good recruiter. 
He's always yeah. been that. So I think now with that out of the equation, maybe he can, he, especially in the portal, I think you give him one more year. I think you give him next year and you see, like, can he get it done next year? And, and they've had some injuries this year, but they get some talent too. They also, they also got some bad luck with guys going to the draft that yep. were supposed to come in. Um, the kid who got drafted by the Thunder, right? No, it was uh, uh it was Josh Hill. Is that his name? And then Paul. Um, Paul. Hey, Rick, I Josh don't even Paul. know Andy Katz does a team of the week. He keeps throwing this in the chat. Who's going to be Andy Katz's team of the week? I, I didn't even know Katz does a team of the week. Who, who's your team of the week, then? My team of the week is... John, Johnny Juzang has played horrible tonight. Who is my team of the week? I don't do it, but I'll give you one. Let me think. Um... Here's here's a question for you. Would Scott Drew listen if Louisville called? Scott, no, he will not. No, is he is he is he a I, Baylor lifer? There's no chance he'd listen. Don't don't try to tell me he would, Rob. No, I would say I, I think that would be something where he'd get try to get leverage for a, more money. He just got it. He he's not that type. I'm going out to Waco this Friday. Are you? Yep. Who the, who do they have again? Texas. I get to see Beard again. We may, we may still be live here, so maybe you won't be. What's that? I said we may still be live here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Arizona they're gonna pull this off. Wow. We need to make sure that we need to make sure that both teams use all of their timeouts. So that's it. That's you don't think the Wildcats are happy watching this one right now? Kirk, should I text Kirk Risa? See if he's watching. So send him send him the zoom link. See if he, he can. Here, here's, here's, here's a question. Here's not allowed on. Uh Why? Jeff, when are you bringing TO to Lubbock? Uh, next year we can do that. We can yeah, we'll, I'll, come, I'll come down. I'll come down. Yeah, I mean he, he <laughs> hey, failed T. O., on me this T. O., year. While you're at it, yeah, you might as T. O. well just bring all of us. I gotta take like four connections to get hey, there. Hey, for the for the record, for the record, To spent like a week telling us, "Oh, there's no good way to get to love. We can't get there. I got to take 17 <laughs> different connections." And some guy on Twitter sent a screenshot of how to get from Greenville to Lubbock. It's one <laughs> connection. That was a bad look. Dallas, that was a bad look. And it's like it's like $400 each way. Bad, bad look. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't in, in all seriousness, I didn't know that I'd be able to get back in time for the firming game the next day. But I, know I, I love important. I love that you said there's no good way to get to Lubbock because that I swear that's got to be a country song. Like, can you sing? Are you a good singer? <laughs> no, you have a good singer in your family. No, wrong guy. Nope. Uh, my brother dominated my brother. UConn. The, the right. Syracuse UConn six overtime game. I was there. I was there for that I was, game. I man. was there too. I was there too. It's insane. Were you working then? Uh, yeah. You know what I was Did, doing? This is a true story. This, this was the, the, the second year that I was writing, it was the first full year of balling as a habit. And I was sitting in the Yukon. I think I was in the Yukon student section, actually. How about this live blogging from a Blackberry? Shut up. Where are you? In the, yeah. In the crowd, live blogging from a Blackberry. Pretty good, man. And then what I did was I went home and I wrote a, a whole story on it. Cause I was, I couldn't get credentialed at that point. Oh, he meant Borzello. He he confused cats with Borzello on Team of the Week. It's easy to do. <laughs> Bor Borzello's Team of the Week is going to be whatever the group chat tells him to make. Right. Team we, of the week. we tell Borzello. Where's Sean we, Paul? Ask ask Sean Paul what his Team of the Week is, and that's who that's Borzello's right. Team of the Week. Exactly. Is be. Whatever they tell him to do, he'll do. I don't honestly. I don't know. I don't. I don't do that anymore. Hey, I I have a question for you. Okay. Um. 
has have you ever seen Gary Parish and Mick Cronin in the same place at the same time? I have. I you've have seen, seen you've seen Mick Cronin time. and Gary. I have. So yeah. so you can confirm that not it's not the same, the same person. person. Okay. Not. <laughs> Tiger. Tiger hits it. Just making sure. Um, down four with a minute fifteen left. Look at this. Two, how many people we got watching? Still the same group. Two hundred. Yeah, it's our squads. The chat. Look at that. Chat mob. I like. Oh it. yeah, these guys like are loyal. Nice. We got to show that number to three man weave. Uh, somebody said, uh, "Oh, about the Texas Tech." John said, "Get all my tech buddies debating whether you're so convinced it was impossible to get there." I don't, what I don't are you know saying? Right now? I can't read. I'm I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> so I can't. Here, read. I'll read it for you. I'll read it. For I can't you. make yeah. sense of it. Good, Goodman, you kill me. What? It's a direct flight what? from Dallas. What? Yeah. You had all my tech buddies debating whether you were so convinced it was impossible to get to that. You just didn't look and drove from Dallas. I'm not gonna lie. That was a little confusing to me, and I can see. <laughs> no, I flew. I didn't drive. I didn't drive from Dallas. I connected. In Dallas. Oh, here we go. Lubbock. This is a good one. I need we need to we need to bring this up because this is this is probably the worst worst bet yes, of the day. I did. Did yes, Doster really bet UNC? <laughs> yes, I did. He did. I did. I did. I bet the I, I bet the, the North Carolina money. Oh, look at this. I thought, I thought that they were gonna show up. Oh. Their issue their issue hasn't been their issue is not talent. Their issue is whether or not they decide to play hard. And I thought that the last time that Coach K walked into that building, they would play hard. And they didn't. So I don't know. What's on me? I don't know. I thought the talent discrepancy was pretty big today. Let's, like if you, I thought those was, two teams. It was big, that, but but if you're ranking Carolina purely based on talent, Tia, where are they? What 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 number would you give them in the country? About approximately. Just because of how they looked beside Duke today, like Armando Baycott looked small. Like Brady Manick is a good player. Uh, but I'm Lukey not saying Black how they look a... physically next to him. I'm saying like talent level. Like Caleb Love is still like I mean uh, he'll be no, a it's not even player. yeah it's 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 really it's really not close. But no, the issue was the 20. issue was I thought that I thought that North Carolina was going to show up. Like I thought mm. if there was ever going to be a game where we got the best that yeah. you could possibly get from North Carolina, that would be the game that we got the best that you could possibly get from North Carolina. Yeah, and it was my fault for for trusting that they would actually decide that they wanted to play. And there were some people going after Hubert. You could hear it over the speakers. Were they? They were, the fans were killing him. Yeah. Well, that'll like, determine, you know, that's going to be the hard part for Bubba Cunningham is again, like if the fans really come out after him. And, and like you said, if you go two years without making the tournament, I think they're going to make it this year. I just think the bubble's so bad that Carolina is going to be close. We, and, we say the bubble. We say the bubble is bad every single right. year. Yeah, we say that. Like it's, they're going to have to. What I'm saying. How many? How many games they got left? There's going to be. Here, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have teams in the Big Twelve loading up their resume. You're going to have teams in the Big Ten loading up their resume. You're going to have Mountain West games. teams. Yeah, you're going to have Mountain. You're going to have Mountain West teams that don't do anything dumb that continue to load up their resume. Like Boise State. Boise State just played five consecutive quad one games. They won four of them. Three of them were on the road. Like, that's why Boise State went from being like, yeah, whatever, to being like, yeah, this is a tournament team. They are four and one against quad one opponents. I just think they got eight games left. They don't have to be Duke because that, that's just a gimme game. If they go 
five and three in these last eight with one of the losses being Duke. The other, let's say the other two are at Virginia Tech and one of at Clemson or, or at NC State, because that's probably doable. They probably will go five and three. I still think if they can get to the semifinals of the ACC tournament, they're in. They're in. And it all depends on who they draw. <laughs> like, right. Right. Like if they're in that five, four game or what, like, or I don't, I yeah, can't remember you, you exactly wanna, how it's done. Like, oh, you don't know. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. It's, I think Borzello is giving us his team of the week right now. Yeah, here it is. Illinois or Wyoming. I'm, I'm giving you scoop. This is yeah, major. He's asking. Major he just said scoopers. my ideal world would be Illinois or Wyoming team of the week. Kofi or Maldonado player of the week. KU over Baylor or Arizona State over UCLA is win of the week. Then probably Shaka is coach of the week. There you go. We're you got to read you that everything. question. That's everything. We're going to do this every week. We're going to no, do not. this on we're Sunday. Never, we're going to give everybody a spoil. We're never. Everything we're never, <laughs> we're never going to do this again. We're no. never going to do this again. And by the way, Bobby Hurley definitely needs to get like some kind of deodorant or antiperspirant you sponsor. Think? Well, he's that's been going bad. at it. Third overtime. That's, that's bad. That's bad. He had wings last night, but he didn't even finish. I finished. I had like three of his wings. He ordered them, but he said he had already eaten. Um, now, speaking of food, speaking of food, we had, we had a question in the chat. What, what's everybody throwing in the microwave after this is over? <laughs> <laughs> no pizza in the microwave goodman you're gonna throw some pizza in the microwave that's a throwback who who asked that question i need one up here i'm gonna buy a little one that's joseph joseph m joseph you know m shout out shout out to joseph m he's an og he's an og how field cheap, of 68 fan. how cheap are small microwaves if i wanted just like a tiny microwave up here i like 50 bucks oh yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go get one tomorrow it's a microwave I know. I got a, I, I put a cut. My wife got me a Keurig for Christmas. I got a whole coffee station over here, right outside my office. I need one up upstairs. I got. I got to really build out. Oh, that's UCLA ball. That's UCLA ball. That's UCLA ball. Huh? That's UCLA ball. Don't ruin it. Don't Will ruin you it. Stop. Don't ruin it. It's UCLA ball. Don't be a turd. Such a douche. What are you doing? Come on. We're trying to watch the game. Two hundred people. You I got think. here. That are trying to watch and you're spoiling it for. No pop tarts, right? No <laughs> pop tarts. Remember, I Goodman, mean, Goodman, tell me when they inbound the ball. Tell me when they inbound the ball, and I'll hit play because I'm on the possession. So tell me when they inbound the ball. Nah, they just inbound it. <laughs> we keep getting more people to watch. This is awesome. If if UCLA comes back right here, oh my goodness! Uh, if they blow oh, this, finish. what a finish! I'm telling you, if Bobby Hurley blows this. He is going to – I might have to fly back out as, like, his therapist. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot on his mind lately, man. Uh, Holy there, there's, shit. There's, there's, there's a lot of Hurleys that could use that help. Use therapists. <laughs> 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 you know who needs therapy more than anybody? It's probably the wives. Yes. Yes. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, all right. What do we got? What do we got? Doster, oh, yeah, Dagan. Dagan's killing you, Doster, in the chat. Killing. I know he is. Hey, man, got to keep everybody, keep everybody held accountable. I paused it. You guys are, you guys are ahead of me now. I paused it. So, uh, oh, he I'm missed gonna, it. I'm going to miss the front the end. I think we're on the. I think we're right at the same time now. Yeah, I paused it. I paused it. You guys, Marion Jackson, kept man, Marion Jackson has not been what they thought he'd be. 
All right, Goodman, I have a question for you. Uh, since you're, you're a prankster, give me the best prank that you've ever pulled in your life. In my life? <laughs> yeah, can the, I, college can basketball, the college basketball podcast and I'll talk about pranking. That's where we're at. <laughs> I did one where a buddy of mine in high school, we ended up with his car. He, he threw up in... He threw up in my car driving back from Boston. So we had his keys. We had his keys or something. Or I forget how we got his keys, but we got his keys. So I said, all right, we're going to do something really good here. He, he worked at that point at BJ's uh, right near the mall. So what I would do is I started with just moving his car like at lunch, like a spot or two over. Then I move it a little further. Then I would start to put like, like dominoes, like an empty pizza box with like, you know, like, like crust, you know, in the box. Then I would start, I put like a bunch of like, like penthouses and playboys in the back, just screwing with them, like every day doing something different to mess with them. So he's going out of his mind at this point. And I guess he's, uh, what are we at? Hold on. Here we go. Oh, no. No, they didn't. They filed before. Mm -hmm. They filed before. So we, I kept moving it, like moving it, moving it, moving it. And he also worked at Sears at night. I eventually moved it from one garage on one side of the mall to the other side of the mall, like complete opposite side of the mall. I don't know how long it took him to find that damn car but it must have taken him like hours to figure it out. <laughs> so a good one. finally, like the, the kid's going out of his mind at this point. Like, like literally he's, I think his dad said something to my other buddy who was kind of in on it, but not really in on it. It was more me. And finally I had to come clean with him. Like, I mean, I was putting like, again, like you name it in the backseat, whatever it was, uh, moving the car, whatever. So finally I had to come clean. Hurley's going crazy. Yeah. Can I, so I, I have two really good ones that I pulled one, uh, when I was in college, um, we, uh, we, we lived in co-ed dorms that had co-ed bathrooms at, at Vassar. And what we did was we went, that sounds like a up. great idea, by the way, just and, fantastic. You know, a lot was, of good stuff. Happened it, there. It probably, I think it probably was a lot now though. Yeah. It probably wasn't their best idea, but what we did was we went through the entire dorm and took every shower curtain. And, and stole every shower curtain. <laughs> you right? perv. You pervert. So, so what we did, and then we put, we just put them all, we didn't know what to do with them. So we just put them all in the elevator um, and then went to sleep. But the best part about it is that my roommate, when he was coming home, he was, it was like 5.30 in the morning. And he was all drunk and he gets in the elevator. He's like, where are all these shower curtains doing here? And the campus police get in the elevator with him. And they're like, what do you, what are you doing with all these shower curtains? It's 530 in the morning. How else could they get here? So they made him go through and hang up every shower curtain on in every single bathroom in the entire dorm. I got another good one. So we, uh, I, I was living with a roommate and he was supposed to hang out with us. Like we had like four or five people over and all of a sudden he invites some girl over. Right. And he brings a girl into the room. And so what we did oh. was we took. Wow. Wow. We took Almost. every piece of, we took every piece of furniture that was in the apartment and put it in front of the, the, his bedroom so that he could not get out no matter what happened when he was in there with the girl. And then we just turned, set up with our speaker system, plugged it into porn 
and turned it all the way up as loud as it could possibly go so that he had the girl in there and all he could do was listen to the the porn that we decided to put on <laughs> might have set the mood didn't even mean to yeah hey you never know you i can't know. i can't i can't tell you what would have happened in there because he's like an important person in the government now so <laughs> that's I can't, I can't say what his actual name is and yeah. i know he, i know he's listening right now so that's why i had to tell that story um all right I'll tell you what, so, the football team tried to try to attack us one night with a bunch of eggs and this oh, is when i go. knew trev this is when i knew trevor booker was different like they tried <laughs> to break into our apartment and it was a bunch of like sophomore football players i was a sophomore so we'll just leave it at that And they're all wearing masks so they don't get in trouble and they tried to break down the door of our apartment and Trevor Booker by himself held this door closed against a bunch of defensive linemen. And he just held them and he was talking trash to him the whole time. If they would have gotten in my entire apartment would have been done. And they got into a couple other guys apartments. It wasn't good, but I had to hey, listen to Hurley. Goodman. Are we going to, are we going to get Hurley at all? Or can we, can, can we call it chat? Are we, I mean, are I okay can try. This? I don't, he's doing an interview no. now. It's going to no, be hard. I, yeah, I, I, if you give me a minute, give me a minute. No, I, I, I don't want a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to bed. I really yeah, gotta I'm go. Tired. To it's one o'clock in the morning, man. It's one o'clock in the morning. Dagan, call it. Dagan, end it. This has been the field of 68 after dark. This has been the afters. This has been the after <laughs> afters. I'm done. This is all the afters. Cheers. Right, Cheers. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.